Welcome to another episode of Critical Geeks. I'm Ryan. I'm Neil. Putting me up as always, but <laughs> But still. So, yeah, I guess we're back again to ramble about more nerdy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we do like to do, just this time it's been recorded, I guess. We are good at it. Yeah. I mean, I've had quite a nerdy week. I've had a week off from work. Uh, mostly because I panicked about annual leave and thought it ran out in April and turns out it runs out in October. So I had a week off for... No well, reason. you would have used it. And you used it, I think, yeah, you're using it for a good cause. Yeah, the main aim is to finish Final Fantasy VII yes. for the first time because when I played it back in the day, my memory card broke and I lost all my save data. And you're finishing it for stupid reasons because you're finishing it in time to play a small chunk of the Final Fantasy VII remake. And I'm yes. in the mind frame that you might as well just play one or the other, but not both. I've played I played the remake, the like demo at EGX. And I know my brain well enough to know that if I don't finish the original now, I'll buy the remake, play the 40 hours of it, and never go back to Final Fantasy VII. Because I'll be like, oh, it's all game, I'll play it. No, I won't. And plus, I want to finish it. I, it's not like I've never played it and I'm suddenly like, oh, I want to finish this game because, you know, oh, a bandwagon. Like, I played it for a good 50-odd hours, mostly because I was younger and rubbish at these kind of games and got lost on a world map a lot. But I played it for a good chunk of hours. And didn't finish it. There's plenty of games I've like Bioshock's another one. Bioshock, I've, I've got to near the end twice, and I had my hard drive corrupt. And while I dropped down the stairs again, um, and I'd never, I'm never going to go back and finish it. And I don't. Oh, want I that. don't know. I don't think you need to finish Bioshock. The big thing is, I don't want Final Fantasy VII to be a Bioshock. Like I like it enough to want to finish it. Whereas Bioshock, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that again. I think you'll finish Final Fantasy VII because it's those games are quite easy. Well, it's got a time free function. Quite right, easy. So. Yeah, they're quite easy, and you're playing the like the the re, the, not the remake, the sort of re-release again on Xbox yeah you can hit times three you can get through all the boring walking bits you can turn off enemies you can cheat with limit breaks Um, Daniel hates the idea of times three but I think I used it I mean if you're grinding which people hate doing on games and you're grinding for money and you can do it at three times the speed and just hammer the button to attack yeah yeah, why wouldn't you use that grinding is in RPGs because traditionally especially older ones they didn't have a whole lot of content in terms of story. Like, if you didn't need to grind, take levels out of RPGs, and everyone would last about six hours because you just walk from place to place, chatting to people, and then beat people up. Mm. Um, so it'd be very dull. So they deliberately put leveled enemies in it, so you've got something to attain some kind of progress if you've achieved something. Yeah, progression is one of the most fun things in RPGs. So you're yeah. like, oh, I've got this character, and I want to build them the way I want to build them. Oh my god, I've got new armor, and it does this, but, but it does this. Well, there's yeah, a, cool. there's a reason why gamers as a collective refer to leveling up in an RPG not as leveling up in RPG, but as grinding because mm. it's slow and boring and monotonous. So if I can press a button and do that three times faster, I'll do it all week because the gameplay is not changing. Because if I was playing that battle at normal speed, it would be a a a everyone's attacked a a a everyone's attacked, and then. The fight would end, and I get the doo 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 and Clover and his pin his sword. So you didn't play much of World of Warcraft, did you? You didn't play. Did you play major raids with guilds? Nope. I got I got a blood elf to like level fifty two. Um, and then when you leveled up, people would be like, "Congrats!" Even if they're nearby, the mission guy, "Congrats, you leveled up, well done." And it's just like, well, yeah, that's the that's what gets you through the game. And that's the achievements. Yeah. You know? it, it's a shame that no other MMO that I'm more interested in lore wise has ever had the success. Of World of Warcraft. It's weird because World of Warcraft, yeah, it had a big big following with the strategy game. But if you think about the lore and the stories, you've got like Lord of the Rings, Warhammer, Star Wars. They all fucking flopped. Yep, and, and they've got much less interesting. They've, I mean, they've got much more interesting worlds and lore. 
Yeah, the Warhammer one was an exact copy of Warcraft Online. Like, it was so insanely similar. It may as well have been a reskin. Oh, they all should have, they all um, should have done that. And it was great, but then, like, I think level 40 was the high server you get to, and then the servers were just taken down. Then it became free to play. Then there was, like, fan-made servers you could use, and I think now it's completely dead. Uh, but it's like, uh, you know. Death Note again, that is. When, they, when they've merged servers on an MMO, that's, yeah. that's I, the time. I don't have the time nowadays for an MMO. Even if, like, the most amazing, pant-wettingly exciting one came out. I don't out. think anyone cares anymore. Like, Warcraft 3's come out and everyone's hated the Reforge, but people talk about how World of Warcraft is a shit show at the moment. I don't know why I don't play anymore, but apparently it's a shit show. But, uh, yeah, I think they're in the down and out because of MOBAs and Overwatch and games like well, that. I think when you actually look at the amount of time you're putting in and what you're actually getting up to, so you play World of Warcraft for six hours or any MMO for six hours, say you level up and you get some slightly better gear, it kind of becomes like Monster Hunter, I guess, where the kind of game I've never played really, because it's just progression is the point of the game. There's no end game. It's just like, go kill these things to get better gear, to kill a slightly stronger yeah. thing, to kill some arrows, to kill a stronger thing. And that's what I'm always, it's yeah, just it's like a get to a certain point. Yeah, but at least with like World of Warcraft. Math equation. You get to the max level, you unlock the, you unlock a raid, you can now do this raid with people, and there's like, you know, it look quite fun. But it's just, who's got the time nowadays? Especially when I could just turn on any other game and either get a really great narrative driven experience or a quick hit of multiplayer action. And then, well, there you go. I've had five multiplayer games in the past hour and a half, or I could spend an hour and a half on an MMO and do ten fit. Yeah, um, I mean, when it comes to narrative, Final Fantasy VII's very good at that. I'm enjoying the story. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware how much older I am now than what well, when I originally played it. I'd have been late teens, maybe, mm-hmm. and very much hated Aerith, Aerith, whatever one it's supposed to be. I hated over furry passion. I thought she was stuck up and pretentious. And no, I don't want a fucking flower. I've just blew up a fucking reactor. Like, I hated her. Hated her so much. Now, I don't know how much of that was because I genuinely disliked her and how much it was because she wasn't Tifa. Probably a bit of both. That's what terrorists do after blowing up reactors for the climate change terrorism. Stop and flow with girls. Have a little flower, yeah. Hippies, yeah. They get some hippies. Flowers and hippies. Whereas now, I don't know whether it's just being older, but I'm not reading her dialogue as pretentious and annoying. She's quite endearing and sweet and helpful. But I don't know whether I've just become that myself as an old person. I'm like, oh, let's help the world. Rather than as a teenager, I was like, rah, and all angsty. Because mm. um, really, 13 is still my favourite Final Fantasy. And it's basically just the characters from 7 again, in corridors, but I still love it. But I will finish 7. I mean, as we know, I'm late to the party for Final Fantasy, and I play the Final Fantasy trading card game a lot. And a lot of the exposure to the characters from that has made me go, ooh, I want to play this game. Like, I play a Dragoon deck, and one of the key cards in my deck is Barbara, um, from Final Fantasy Dimensions or Legends, depending on what part of the world yeah. you're in, which was a mobile game that was, I think the first bit was free, and then you've got to pay for the rest of the episodes. Um, but I only want to play that game because of how much that card is the linchpin of my entire deck, to the point where all the guys I play TCG with, the second they see Barbara go down, they're like, kill her, then it's the, the only thing yeah. they need to do, because once they kill Barbara, my deck falls apart. Um, fucking tribal decks but I'm going, I've got no I've got zero kind of background knowledge for Barbara just that she's in this game and I googled her and I know she's only a guest character so you only see her for like two hours Dragoons, Dragoons are fucking Dragoons are badass in Final Fantasy I play as a Dragoon in the Final Fantasy online game and you had a little dragon with you you could name and it would do attacks with you Dragoons are cool they're fucking awesome um, I think you'll like Seven I think it's got a good mix of characters you can use all of them in the party, which you know, I kind of not. Prefer, I don't prefer that in RPGs. But it means you can pick who you want to pick, regardless of stats or abilities or skills or anything like that. You can go, I like that character, so I'll use that character. 
um, it's got a bizarre amount of weird mini games in Final Fantasy VII. Which so I've... for a game that's just a turn-based RPG, it's got a snowboarding game, a bike game, an arcade full of a submarine game, a fighting game, basketball game. Don't forget the squatting. A squat, mechanic, squat mechanic. The march. The march. I forgot about the stupid march. The marching bit, the which is supposed to be a quick time event. The Moogle Mog dating simulator. That was great. That was my favorite bit I so far. I didn't have a fucking clue how to do that, so you've, you're better than that already. It's all animation based. Now, admittedly, I'm playing a remaster, but it looks slightly better. Mm. Don't know what it would have looked like back in the day because my memory's not that good. But you basically give him a nut. And if he goes, ooh, and his belly grumbles, he needs more feeding. Yeah. And then if, when you give him, like, say, the fourth nut, he'll go, like, ooh, and he plays, like, a little chime, and then he's happy, and then he can fly. And then you've got to do that a second time, and then a girl mug appears, and then they go into the tree together, and then, like, they come back out, and lots of baby mugs come out. And they bang. Then he had a happy mm-hmm. life, and then you get, like, 30 GP off some dude stood watching you. Um, and you're, okay, fair enough, and you spend GP on whatever the hell you buy. Then you've got, um, there's a first person on rails roller coaster shooter. There's, a battle arena. Just um, Chocobo racing. There's a racing mechanic. Yep, don't like with that. stamina and top speed and acceleration and a recharge. I think if you hold down two buttons, game doesn't tell you this, but if you hold two, two buttons, it will recharge the stamina slightly. Oh, okay. So I did all my racing in three times because I just know I could burn off, get about 80% of the way around the track in first place by a mile and then just stagger with a little bit of stamina across the line <laughs> as everyone else came up behind me. Um, it it's a bizarre game for the amount of different features and mini-games and set-pieces and well, stuff that's in there. We were discussing this the other day and I was saying that for a game that's remembered as fondly as Final Fantasy VII, for all the reasons it's remembered, like interesting characters, this really great story about looking after the planet, which is, you know, I guess more current than it now is. than it was back then, and how this evil corporation, and it's got this really kind of serious, important tone. That's what everyone remembers. And the cross-dressing bit. And then you're playing the game, and there's all sorts of weird, wacky shit in the middle of it. And it's just like, wait, no one talks about this. People don't discuss all sorts of... Do you know what's weird as well? Is that you, you, normally when you play Japanese games, like Dragon Quest, lots of characters in Dragon Quest have like the old man pants attack dance yeah. skill, where like a character just flings his pants around and it stuns the enemies. Or one of the characters clearly is flashing her tits. And then the enemies get stunned. No puff puff for you. Puff puffing indeed. There's there's weirdness in Japanese games, but Final Fantasy VII never pops up in that weird anime tropes, creepy, bizarre, bonkers stuff that happens. Like, right, what's that RPG? Resonance of Fate. Right, tell the Resonance of Fate story. <laughs> so, the JRPG that I like called Resonance of Fate or End of Eternity, if it was really, when it was what it was called in Japan, I think America, which is a much better name. End of Eternity is a much cooler name than Resonance of Fate. Resonance of Fate is uh, like when you watch an anime and you watch the lyrics to an intro. Yeah. And it's all gibberish. So, anyway, so the game, the gameplay is fairly simple. You've got the main mechanic is you've got direct damage and scratch damage. Direct damage directly takes off health and scratch damage fills a bar and it hasn't actually killed them. But if you cause direct damage after causing scratch damage, it will call it, cause its own damage and remove all of the health that you've so scratched. It's like armor, like anti-armor. Essentially, yeah, but it was, you know, a fun system. And then it's this weird world map hex grid thing that if you got the junction system in Final Fantasy VIII, if you don't figure it out early, you're fucked at the end game because mm. you haven't linked the world properly to get the buffs you need to get to yeah. certain characters. But anyway, so I've been playing this game, and this was around the time when you'd kind of fallen out of love with the JRPG a little bit, and you weren't kind of the weeb you'd been in your youth. Um, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> and I went, Neil, you'll like this. It's got gunness stuff in it. The artwork's really nice. It's got nice rendered backgrounds, like an old school Resident Evil game. And 
it's not pervy. There's no perviness in it so far. It's been great. And you've gone, all right, I'll come around and have a look. So you've been playing the game for probably, what, 20 hours, and you've come around and sat down, and then I've done a main quest, and then the, the party of characters has gone to this mansion, and this like, you know, lovely, lovely house, and there's a woman sat on a big chair, and she's like, oh, I'll give you a job. And then she says something, and her chest jiggles a little bit, and I'm like, okay, I mean, it's still a Japanese game, fair mm-hmm. enough, but then the yeah. main character's eyes light up, and he goes, oh, and he's always zooming in on her boobs, and then he goes into his head where he starts dancing around while like breasts just jiggling in the air and he's doing the discounts going yeah and boobs about him I remember looking at you <laughs> just being like oh my god everything I told him really isn't true and you were wetting yourself in my face of just oh for fuck's sake what's it done but yeah and again hard drive broke when I dropped it down the stairs at game and I never finished that they've re-released that on PS4 in a, a, a HD really? remaster okay. I'm still tempted to buy it but you don't you don't need you don't need more RPGs, right? No, I mean, well, at the minute, I'm technically in the middle of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Type Zero HD. Yeah. The third one. Yeah. Persona 3. Persona 3. Not Final Fantasy game, really. Yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, Final eight. Fantasy VI. No, I haven't got... Well, I've bought VI. I've not started VI. Final Fantasy V. What's the one with the Dragoon in the Dark Knight? You started that one. That's four. I, haven't, I started that back in the day and then lost mm. it. So I've got that again. Okay. But I haven't started it yet because I'm trying to not have seven RPGs in the go once. Yeah. I put Persona 3 on the other day and I'm 54 hours into that game and still only halfway apart oh my god and I'm like good lord I, 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 that doesn't appeal to me the kind of single tower just seems a bit lazy just the limitation game design no, well, is it Final Fantasy 7 was a PS1 game see was this, is, this game? is where really? my, my Final Fantasy 13 I guess fanboyism comes in and it's a good job Daniel's not here for this podcast mm. because this triggers him every single time mm. but I explained to Daniel that I'd rather have linear corridors that are well presented than a horrible world empty map that random encounters pop up like, like a dungeon crawler and, yeah, and Daniel gets mad about it and he gets like no no I'm like the world map in Final Fantasy 7 is boring it's fucking boring it's basically a giant empty space and that, towns and then towns so essentially all you're doing is You've, in Final Fantasy Thirteen, you've got a corridor that leads from A to B, and then a corridor that leads from B to C, and then you get nice bits in there. Every so, other letter in the alphabet. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you get all the way through, and even when you get to Pulse and it opens up, it's still just bigger rooms. But at least it's it's well presented, it's well laid out, it, you know where you're going. Whereas the world map in Final Fantasy and other RPGs, it's just a big void full of random battles to slow you down and get you from A to B. And it's the world map's not interesting. When you get to a town and explore the town and meet the people and learn the stories, that's interesting. But that happens in Final Fantasy XIII. You meet characters and then you have to read text about it to find out what's going on. I would say limitations of the technology. Eight and nine, all the same. They are big open world maps. But, but uh, the, well, the open world maps are to force you to fight enemies. People are like, oh, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a world map. Well, what's in the, the world map's not interesting, is it? The location's in the world are interesting but the, the world, world map, map makes you still. but the world map makes you feel like you're in a world but it didn't it doesn't know no. because you're just like I'm on a green blob and there's a river and then oh that's oh, a planet a yeah, green and, blob, yeah. and then the game goes ooh Ryan you can't run cloud across that river you need to go over here and get a car and then drive the car through the river alright and then you can get like it's just it's not it doesn't make the world feel bigger especially because A the map's quite small and you're a giant running over it It just it's just an empty room we go to different locations. It's just a big empty corridor instead of the linear corridors that went in 13. I see your point, but I completely still, still disagree. <laughs> no, I guess that's fair. Um, well, that's what we do in my week off. So you've been playing Final Fantasy VII. Um, God, I pray you finish it. I will. I pray, pray you finish it because I think it's worth, it's obviously still worth playing and still worth finishing. It's still worth replaying. Um, my friend Laura says that 
when Remake comes out, I'm going to fall in love with Aerith because she's basically turned me to giant softy out of yours, I know, isn't it? Because when... Well, well, she's meant to be. She's meant to be this nice, sweet young girl and lady who has got some fight in her, but she is what she is and it puts her into the place that she's in. She looks stunning. Like, Tifa's always seen as, like, the babe of Final Fantasy yeah, VII. Sexy, which big, is, big titty, fighting tongue girl. to concept art and, you know, fan art because it ain't down from the game because they're all triangles. Mm. But you look at the remake and the way they've modelled the characters and you look at Aerith and, like, Tifa who? Like, Cloud in the dress is prettier than Tifa. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, like, okay, I mean, like, they've almost done Tifa's face a disservice. So I have to admit, every single time I see a new trailer for Final Fantasy Remake, after playing it, at EGX, I get more and more excited. And you, you were so and against I was, it. Oh, I was so anti against it. Uh, to the point where I used to say to people, they'll never do Final Fantasy VII because then they won't be able to sell more Final Fantasy VII. No, they're going to sell more Final Fantasy VII. I would so, so I pretty much remember working in a shop at the time and saying to a customer, they're not going to, Rockstar aren't going to re-release GTA V and, uh, on the PS4 and Xbox One because they don't do that type of thing. And they never make remake Final Fantasy VII either. Yeah. I'm glad that person never kept in contact with me, because I... They could be listening, they'll be like, I know it to them with... Horribly wrong. Um, yeah, so we played, we played Final Fantasy VII EGA, and I remember not hating the battle system, which, by an admission, surely means I enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess so. It's like it's in a, some sense. Well, I remember saying I love the cinematic aspect of the game and how everything monsters, the enemy was flying around and it with cameras moving around. It felt like a modern game. Yes. But then that's what to me it is, the, isn't it? It's the, Final Fantasy VII in the modern setting. Admittedly, we've only played the brief bit that they should play at EGX, but to me, it's the perfect system. I loved the stagger system from Final Fantasy XIII, and I thought it was fantastic. Mm. And the fact that's in this is really cool. Uh, just adds a slight. I want to say tactical, but it's not particularly deep, but it just adds something else to the combat. It's not just pitch your attack and watch your man do it. That's why it was long as well. It was pretty long. And, and I liked how it did feel like I was still doing actions that had to be timed. I was hitting the enemy, yeah, but that was just like filling time. I think the only thing I, I wasn't sure of and I wouldn't like is that it felt like when I was playing as the, the character I was playing as, they were more effective. Yeah, I don't it know. It felt like they were doing more damage and just constantly kicking ass, but I don't... I wouldn't want that because in those type of games you just play as the guy with the big giant weapon. What I did like... Or the girl with the big time. Was, because you're now directly in control of the character you're controlling and you can still issue commands to the party, is it makes the combat feel really fresh. When you switch characters, when you play a traditional turn-based RPG, or I guess technically it's not turn-based Final Fantasy, it's like the ATB stuff. Hmm. Um, but you press A and Cloud hits with a sword. You press A and T for punch or something. You press A and Barrett shoots something. There's no variety in there. It doesn't feel any different. You're just watching an animation. Whereas when I was playing the remake and I'm hitting things in the face with a giant sword's cloud, and I'm like, yeah, it feels all like Yeah, you're attacking it. Like, switch to Barrett and it's like, like, like Dragon, yeah. Dragon Age 1, the combat was great. Dragon Age 2, it was terrible. But Dragon Age Inquisition felt like the Final Fantasy 7 remake and vice versa because you're, hit, you're pressing button to hit stuff and then an ability comes ready and you perform it. And even and you you I would switch to the AR like a healer or a tank and go right you need to do this now but I'd leave them up to their own stuff yeah it but if there was something which I needed them to do at the time I could switch to them and tell them to do it and it would freeze which then made it like a turn based RPG so it, yeah it, it's possible that the Final Seven remake might be great for me yeah. even though I detested the idea of it when as soon as they said it's all real time flippy dippy episodic well okay the episodic I'm not going to be happy with. 
Although instead they've dropped the word episodic for any description, it no longer does it say episodic. It it's just a sort of remake, and you're getting Midgar, which is going to be 40 hours apparently with new characters and new bosses and that kind of stuff. But are you going to buy the game and then add chapters on later? Well, are they going to release them through DLC? I personally think that you'll get this, and then they'll re-release it on PS5 with yeah. probably two hours extra of content for the sake of it, mm. and then. The, ava- the exclusivity window has been announced now that it ends in like July of 2021. There's no confirm or guarantee it's going to be on Xbox. No, just that it's not or only PC, on PC. It's just. I, it, I would. Oh, wait. Does it say exclusivity to PlayStation 4? Does that mean it'll be on PlayStation 5? Because that'd be a right kick in the neck. Why, why would you wait until the middle of July when the console's out in October? I, it, my guess would be it's going to go to PC. But based on the fact that Square is seeming to be slightly more friendly towards Xbox. Especially with all the yeah, they put everything on it. All the, yeah, all the games not only Final ones. Fantasy games, but um, Yakuza and I'm sure it's like, no, that's Sega, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's Sega. Um, they put other games on, but to me, I mean, I'd like it on Xbox. I'm buying it on PS4 anyway. But I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But to me, it makes sense because if you're Square, don't promise Sony the world because as a company, as a publisher, you don't know how the next console cycle is going to go. Mm. Sony are kicking, have kicked the shit out of Microsoft for this entire console cycle, pretty much. But you don't know the next one's going to go. Because last time Sony had a console generation, they made the PS3. Yeah, it, it, it's why, I think, if you're going to be... It's why, if you've got a game like that, just put it out and everything. Well, why because would, why wouldn't you? You've got more sales. I assume um, Sony threw a huge amount of money at Square to get it exclusive. And the then, Japanese companies, they stick together. Yeah, but I yeah, bet there was a hefty together. check involved. Yeah, possibly. Um, and then eventually, you know, once Sony, you know, once... Because you basically, if I'm Square, I'm like, right, I'm ransoming the game. I'm like, here's Fantasy Remake on Xbox. How long do you want to delay that for? And they'll go, uh, we'll at least want it for a console launch because it'll be back compatible on PS5 mm-hmm. even if it doesn't get re-released for PS5. You'll be like, oh, if you want it, you've got to have our machine. Uh, yeah, that's probably long enough for it to be like, okay, I'll buy a PlayStation for this game rather than buying the Xbox Series X. Hmm. But speaking of old games we've been playing, I finally convinced you all to come and play Halo: The Master Chief. Collection. Oh my god, that was a, that was a roller coaster of an experience. That was now. So old Halos are fucking shit now. In multiplayer, in the campaign, that's fine. In multiplayer, they're clunky, and slow, and stiff, and full of wankers who play nothing but that and murder me immediately. The other problem is. The other problem is, and I've said this with Halo, if you're in a one-on-one fight and you win, and someone else runs around the corner, you're dead. You've got zero, approximately zero chance of winning that next fight. Because it's just, it's a lot of the time Halo fights consist of who can open fire first with the assault rifle? Can you strafe behind a rock and stop firing and fire again? Because one of you's going to reload. But we played Halo 4. We played Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4. As soon as we started Halo 4... We were immediately killing people and flying around that map. Do you know why? Higher frame rate, faster mobility, tighter weapons, and probably the frame rate too. But we were just murdering people. But this this leans into what I've always said about Halo, oh, and that once Reach came out and it started it's, getting less it's Halo, such a bitter, bitter thing to say. You and like, we were playing Halo two a bit and Halo three a lot. The scoreboard nine times out of ten would always read. I never played Halo two or Halo three with you. A multiplayer. Would always, I would always be at the top out of the group. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have like Daniel and Lee. Lee's always been shit at Halo, to be honest. Um, I remember that one time he got really mad at me for screaming at him, but that's me on Halo. Mm. He wasn't looking left because I was watching him on my spectator cam and he looked fucking right. Um, anyway, so to me, Halo 2 and 3 were, were Halo games. And then Reach 
onwards, they started to experiment a bit and try and get more of Halo 3 and 2 and 3 ruled, ruled online multiplayer apart from on PC. They ruled like this, you want to play a game online, you're playing Halo. And then by the time Reach rolled around, COD existed. And it was like, oh, COD's taking the online crown. And then it seems like like Bungie and 343 since then have been chasing chasing the tail basically of, ooh, how can we make our game appeal to the general audience as opposed to let's make a good Halo game and people to play it. So because of that, they started to feel more like your everyday shooter. And because they felt more like your everyday shooter and played less like a traditional Halo game, mm. you and Daniel were getting better scores in the game than me because I'm still playing Halo Reach and Halo 4 and Halo 5 like Halo 3, or like I'd say, like Halo, just as an umbrella term, like a Halo game, whereas you guys are playing like a shooter, and then I'm trying things in Reach, or 5, or 4, that don't work properly, or I'm getting angry that Loadout exists, or you can call in Saws from an airdrop, and it's just like, this isn't Halo, it's an arena shooter, but I will admit, but that when we were faster paced game is an arena shooter but give me give me the fact yeah, verticality well, not, and mobility not like a, yeah not like quakes not a twitch shooter no like, well, it's no. still an arena shooter but I will admit that playing Halo 2 and 3 they, they haven't aged well like they're like that girl you really fancied in school and then you've gone to the reunion they haven't with, aged well Ryan like Japanese people don't age well they're either immaculate or really old <laughs> that's terrible we can't yeah. that now but no, it's like you've gone back to school and that girl in year 11 that you had a crush on who was, you know, really hot back in the day is now like 14 stone heavier. Not that there's anything wrong with being fat over the arm. Wouldn't, are you suggesting then she was hotter when she was a young girl than an adult? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a very hard way to phrase it, Neil. But I guess that is not what I've said. But you know what I mean? Like, it was, you remembered it one way and you've seen it in the modern light and it's not aged well. And Halo... Two and three haven't aged well. And you are right. When we started playing Halo 4, our, our performance improved drastically. And then I remember whinging about the menu and the loadouts and just the whole look of the game. But then midway through a match went, hang on, is Halo 4 technically the best Halo multiplayer? Because it hasn't aged as badly as two or three because it's not as old. Mm-hmm. But then it hasn't got the you only need the pistol mentality of Halo 5 and it's esports chasing nonsense. So yeah, but we had a great time. We had we got lots of kills. I still can't buy a kill with a rocket launcher. Doesn't matter what Halo oh, game. I, I don't playing. understand this. If it was if it was Battlefield and you had a grenade launcher, I'd understand it. But you point vaguely ahead of someone and you'll kill them. Nope, I'm sure they load my rocket with duds because I could hit someone in the noggin with it and it still wouldn't kill. I can't get kills. Which Indeed. doesn't make any sense. If we, if we had a the... sniper rifle, doesn't have splash damage. But I'm bullseye and headshots every 10 seconds of that fucking thing. If you challenged me to a duel, I would say rocket launchers at dawn on any <laughs> yeah, Halo yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, you're going to win that one. Oh, I'd have a better chance fighting in corners and trying to assassinate you than I would firing the rockets. <laughs> Awful. But no, that's basically all we Oh no, we played some PUBG and we played oh, some no. Rocket League. PUBG. And, but I didn't enjoy Rocket League the other night. It just seemed flat for some reason. Why not? It's Rocket League. I don't know, maybe just overexposure or... Because it's basically what we what our habit has become as a, as a trio of me, you and Daniel when we're gaming together has become, let's play PUBG. Get, get annoyed. Get angry at how janky and shit the and game is. And we hate is. and we rubbish at it. See, we are crap at it, I guess. But when I play it on solo, I really enjoy that game because you don't get knocked down, you get killed, and then the mm. game's over. And, but the getting knocked down system is infuriating because you'll shoot someone in the face with a sniper rifle and they'll drop down to their knees. And then, while that's happening, there's another firefight going on. And then, I'll get railed from behind. Daniel's run off to the fucking Himalayas because he's going to flank them. Because in Daniel's logic, no one will be to the north. Oh, if we go west, 
They'll have to come south. Because you know, when we're to the north, why, Daniel? Well, there won't be more there. Why not? Well, we're at the south, so... We just... <laughs> he says this, though, before the zone appears. He does. Do you know what he sounds like? A farmer talking about, like, red sky at dawn. He sounds like... They're coming from the west. He sounds like Mystic fucking Meg. It's just like, <laughs> let's go to the prison. Why? Weren't many people there. And then we jump. And bearing in mind, Daniel's playing this on an Xbox One, not an Xbox One X. So he's not loaded in while we're parachuting down. He's going, no one will be at the prison. And I'm swinging down with 12 other people. And it's like, let's see that, Oh, Daniel, I had to break it to you. I'm halfway there and there's lots of us. Uh, but no, I don't know. I, ugh, like, I did say the other day I wouldn't play PUBG to have played Halo and admittedly expected Daniel to not agree to this at all, but he did. Um, he had it installed and he played it. I think that's basically, other than playing random crap on my phone, like What the Golf. Um, oh, What well, the Golf is really and good. And Flip. So Apple Arcade is a good deal. It is? Yes. Um, there's lots of good games on there. Yeah. So I'd, I'd try it. I mean, for the price it is and the amount of stuff that's on there. Oh, here's an example. Um, the legitimate not sales example one of the games on Apple Arcade was like this XCOM style real time strategy game set in like a base sort of space base in the snow I played it um, I can't remember what it's called um, Apple Arcade's what a fiver a month yeah that game is £14 on Xbox £14 for the game and I was like I didn't think it was a great game I was like I got bored of it but that's the problem with subscription services you've said this before with Game Pass but I was like, £14 for that game. I've played it for free, admittedly. Yeah. But at no point would I go, oh, this is a game I'd buy for this amount of money. I'm terrible for finishing games. And Game Pass doesn't help because you don't give... When you buy a game physically and you've bought it and they're taking the money from you, you're more forgiving and you tend to stick with stuff longer because you'll be like, oh, I'm curious. In. This seems a bit shit. And you go, well, it's just cost me 45 quid. Where am I? Am I back in the 90s? It's more like fucking fifty nine <laughs> now. But you've bought the game. And because you've had to pay for it, you paid for it, and unless you're me and convince Microsoft to give you a refund every five minutes, you, you're stuck with it. Yeah, I played, I had Dragon Quest on PS4, which admittedly I think I got as a Christmas present two years ago, but I suppose it had been bought, and I, or, you know, no, I think I, I can't remember. But I, I remember playing it for over 20 hours, and I just didn't enjoy the latest yeah. Dragon Quest. Whereas if that had been a Game Pass game, Game Pass game, you'd have gone, ooh! I don't like this after 45 minutes. Bye. And you just... Because you yeah, I've done that. I downloaded a load of games. There was one... Uh, I'm playing Wonder, Wonder Song, which I've been playing for about 10 hours now, which is about a little bard. Yeah. It's like a 2D platformer story game about a little bard who's so charming and lovable because he's always happy. He's always like enthusiastic to the point that people are annoyed and rolling their eyes at him. And there's a button in the game. There's a dedicated sing button and a dedicated dance button. So when someone's shouting at you, or like shouting at the character, or angry, this, you yeah. can press the dance button and he starts doing this like knee and elbow swinging jig. But if he's being shouted at, the jig's kind of like slower. Like he's, he's, he's like, I've still got to dance, but I'm being shouted at. And you can sing at any point. So you can, somebody were talking, you just go, la, and then like the, over the top of them when you're doing your answers. And occasionally one of the characters will go, stop singing! <laughs> but I played it for about 10 hours, 11 hours, and I'm, I really like the characters. Kind of happy for the game to end now. Like, yeah. to me, I would have wanted it to finish. I feel that way about Senua Sacrifice Hellblade, whatever it's called. Oh, no, but Hellblade's like game of the year. <sighs> for every year. I think the problem is, there's, it's, a, it's a good narrative and it, it does what it does very well. You know, oh, look, she's you know got voices in her head and she's mentally unwell. Okay, fine. The gameplay... To me, the gameplay is this weird mix where it's not narrative driven walking sim. Like, what was that one you made me play? Firewatch. Firewatch, there we go. 
Firewatch was gripping and fantastic. I was about to bring up Firewatch. Gripping all the way through. Yeah. Because there wasn't really any gameplay. It was just explore and uncover the narrative and get attached to the characters mm-hmm. and intrigued by the mystery. Fine. Hellblade is partly that and then partly not very well thought out combat on puzzles. You said you liked the combat. You said oh, I was... I did when it first started. But when, you've, when you're in a room and it spawns 19 giant Viking men and you've got a fight, you're like, okay, yeah, fine. And then it becomes... Oh, he's got a shield, so I have to kill him this way. And I know all games have mechanics that you repeat yes, as they go on. About to say but that. there's normally more in it than just that. Whereas Hellblade is walk around and hear Norse tales, and then hear Senua be a bit mental. And of course, now that it's great. If it, if I could cut out all the combat and just have her exploring, fine. But then so like, you'd be happy for it to be a spooky psychological walking yeah, about basically. a woman with problems. Yeah, I'd watch it. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. if, I'd, I'd he would like Hellblade. He probably would. But the, would to me, the combat is isn't deep enough for me to be like yeah there's a fight it's like oh there's a fight and you get to a puzzle and I'm like oh there's a puzzle but because the interesting part of it is the depiction of mental illness and the story itself I'm finding the gameplay is getting in the way of the narrative and rather than it being a case of gameplay and narrative I'm like oh fucking hell gameplay where's my narrative and it's not meshing well for me so I'm kind of like I googled how long to beat and was like you threw the puzzles I'm pretty sure you threw the puzzles part I was in someone the other day where I had to walk around walk around this cave place and there were torches everywhere, and if you took a certain path, you just started looping on yourself. So then you have to set the like torches on fire. So no, I'll ah, before, no, before no, I go the, right. That's the, what I would say is the puzzles in the game are way gone. The stupid look for the weird symbol. Find uh, the symbol yeah, that, that's, See, like, that was at the Ugh. start of the game, and I was like, oh, I had to use a guide for one of them, so I couldn't find anything. But that didn't help at the start. But I'd say stick with Hellblade. I mean, we've gone through this argument before, well, discussion before about yeah, if you've got a game pass and you. It's like Netflix and Amazon. You start watching a movie and go, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not yep. sticking time. But I'm sticking this because you don't have to. You've got no reason to dedicate to it." I'm in I the think middle with Game Pass. Yeah, you've got games where we download every game that comes on Game Pass. What was I playing last night? What were you playing last night? I was streaming it. Remember, and you were watching. Oh, that fucking awful fishing game <laughs> where all of the environments looked decent. But this is the problem. We've played so much PUBG. My brain's forgotten what decent is. Do you know you still? lose visual contact with things on PUBG at a certain distance. There was a guy driving a car and it flipped over and it just blinked out of existence. <laughs> and then all the buildings weren't loaded in properly. They were like grey and brown triangular weird blobs. And I was like, how is the game still this bad? Well, it's, a, it's a massive success on phones, consoles and PC. How have they not improved everything in this game? Don't have to do that. It's been sold. That's the problem. But look, when we were playing Halo 4, Halo 4 was never an ugly game. It's not visually striking by kind of, you know, today's... Ah, but Halo games are bright. Halo games are perfect for HDR. But when we were playing that, I was like, holy crap, it looks amazing. And I'm like, it doesn't, Ryan. It looks good. Because you're used to playing pub shitty G. And this is the problem. And loads of games have this nowadays. But they have this kind of weird... Like late twenty tens PC graphic-y, almost filter to it where everything looks the same kind of photorealistic. It's not photorealistic, mm-hmm. but it has this certain look which I'm describe- describing really poorly. But they all look like it. I'm glad you admit that. So I have no idea. Right now. Like, like I could probably get. I'll do it. I'll do it for the next episode. I'll go through a list of games that all look like they're basically running in the exact same space. Like you could like take PUBG 
and then stick that person in seven days to die and stick that person in and like you wouldn't graphically you could merge the PUBG map with the seven days to die map I'm not sure what what looks worse or looks better seven days to die or PUBG and I don't think you'd notice you'd left one map and go into the other yeah like short of basically going through I don't know God of War and Minecraft like there you'd know you've gone to different places but if yeah. you go PUBG in seven days to die and dead by daylight they'll have that same kind of we're built on the same basic engine. They might, be, they might be built on the same engine. Like a Havoc, Havoc, well, Havoc engine or something. Um, but no. But other than that, what else has my week been? Oh. Uh, I hope people are interested in this. Otherwise, why do we give a shit what Ryan's done all week? But you're well, listening, I, so I've, been, gonna wear, I've I been playing Control. Oh, you, mean, pl- you mean, oh, the bait of my existence. I don't know why. I think it's the PlayStation 4's fault. The, the second you tell me you're playing a third-person shooting game, I'm yes, like, I know it's like, this. Uh, I, I noticed you doing this, and I wasn't writing once. So I've been playing Total Warhammer Two for about a hundred hours. I was like, nope, I need to get off this PC because I, for some reason, I started a Lizard campaign. Yeah, and I remember the reason for starting it was to look at a graphical change because there's some weird shadow bug. And do you know what I was? I started it. So I was like, oh, I want to see if this bug's still there. So I just play as a lizard man. 20 hours later, I was just playing the campaign. I was like, what am I doing? I was, this was a five minute job. So I was like, right, dump the PC off. I haven't played console guy. Do you know, I actually forgot what getting achievements was like. <laughs> just popped up. control. I was like, oh, I've achievements. Oh my God, those ages. Um, yeah, I was playing control, which is very interesting, very good, weird game so far. And you were repeatedly saying, well, yeah, you were playing the third person shooter now. I was like, are you enjoying it? As it's a third person shooter. And I'm thinking, why is he saying this over and over again? I didn't click the whole PS4 joke. But I was like, he's saying it. Is he saying I only like third-person shooters? Fuck him. I'm not going to respond to You do like a lot of third-person shooters. I know. I like games that I guess some of them you're now going to say are in third-person. Gears. Yes. Uncharted. You can't name PS4 games. Last of Us. Oh, but that's all there is. I can't <laughs> name the PS4. Then it does not exist. Oh, I, I, ugh, no. no, Control's great. It's, uh, you've got, so you've got this woman who walks into a... I won't spoil anything to start, but like you walk into a government facility and she's looking for her younger brother and there's no one around. And then she finds something which makes everyone believe that she's now the director of the government facility. But she then goes, yeah, yeah, I'm the director, but not in the case of like, oh, yes, I'm the director. No, Judge Wing Wing. She's the director. But she's still acknowledging that she's got this secret with her brother. And I'm like, wait, is she the... Because all the photos in the, the, the building change to her. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, has the building changed her perception of the, it's herself in the building? Or was she always the director and she doesn't know she's the director? It's so bizarre, but it's brilliant so far. Let me get straight now. You're telling me that you're enjoying a great narrative. I feel like I'm walking into a trap here. In a third person action game. Because yes. this sounds very similar yes. to you saying you like the Uncharted series. And it sounds very similar to what every single person in the universe seems to say about The Last of Us. Ah, but, hang on, but Last of Us has got a brilliant story and he's slagged off for its gameplay. I slag it off for its gameplay, yeah. no one else seems to. Um, Uncharted has got brilliant gameplay, but with a very cliche story, where Control has got a weird, quirky story, which is bizarre, and really good action, because you've got powers... And so I can, like, pull anything towards me with telekinesis and fucking lob it at people or rip rocks up. It reminds or me. form rocks around me with a shield. Oh, and the gun, the gun, you have one little revolver which just flips and moulds into another gun and it constantly reloads itself. You don't pick up bullets. 
You, when you run out of bullets, it just charges the bullets on its own. Guns can't do that, Neil. Well, that gun can. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of... Uh, there were, back in the day on PS2, there were two games that came out. One was called Second Sight, and one was called something else that I forgot. And both looked very similar, and I distinctly remember picking the other game that I've since forgotten the name of, mm-hmm. as that's the weird telekinetic game I'm going to play, not Second Sight. Turns out, I didn't know this until years after, Second Sight was made by the Time Splitters team, and if I'd known that, I'd have picked that in a heartbeat. Right. But I clearly picked the wrong one. But I that's think, what it reminds me of. I think Control is a game that will get better with the more abilities I get. Because when you start off, you're just shooting people. And then you obviously get the telekinesis, and you lob in fire extinguishers of people. Then you go into these weird like VR spiritual worlds where you learn the new skills. So I can now like rush forward... And pull rocks around me to like bring myself a shield. So it feels like I'm more like a force of weird telekinetic government facility secrets power now. Yeah, and I reckon the more cool. and more powers I get, the more fun the combat would be where you become this like mad dangerous X Men like force of Probably. destruction. Like, you know, when you're not relying on hiding around corners and shooting people. Yeah, because yeah. then it's just kind of like uh, boring, fast paced, first person, third person shooter. Um, but no, Control's really good so far. Um, I know it was a bit of a sleeper hit. Like, I don't think it sold really well, but I think it reviewed really well, and then people was like, oh no, I really like Control. It was very good. Um, we are, what, three and a half seconds for our Gears 5 playthrough? Yeah, it's best gear so far. And that's not me throwing shade at the series. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows I'm not a big Gears of War fan. Yeah. Um, but... I kind of give a shit about the story in this one. I mean, it has a story for me to care about. Things that you haven't even one. you haven't got to the part where the story. Well, it's because it's not changes. Is the word I'm going to say it, from the what I've seen so far, which isn't a lot. It feels like it's leaving the the mishmash nonsense that was the old Gears of War story behind a little bit. Other than like Kate's grandma being the Locust Queen or whatever bollocks that all was, and mm-hmm. then the usual thing of like whenever there's a mysterious baddie in a game and they ruin it by telling the origin, and this goes for all stuff. Including Halo, where it's like, oh, the flood is scary, but the flood. Oh, it's weird space dust that humans fed to dogs and they mutated, and I'm like, no, don't tell me because I don't need to know it ruins it. Well, Gears 5 is about Kate and her family, and yeah. it does actually, it does actually tell you where the, flat out tells you how the locusts formed to be and where they came from. That's put me off at that one time. But it doesn't, it's not about them, it's just a bit where the game goes, Oh, we're going to tell you what we should have told you in Gears 3. I always, I always hate it when it's like, humans are the tool of their own destruction. It's like, we've never seen that before. Are we thanks to narrative? I think, I think Gears 5 is basically just about Kate. That's right. And how she's dealing with what she's dealing with. I'd much rather have a personal story about her with giant chainsaw machine guns. Than I, I think it's the best Gears by a mile. But well, absolute mile. When I finish Final Fantasy 7, we'll play some Gears. <sighs> but it hasn't all been gaming this week, Neil. We've been going the cinema lots like we normally do. Yes, show. and we've been playing some card games and we board have. games and all sorts of stuff. Um, well, what do you want to discuss first? Games that aren't video games or the cinema? Well, we talked about cinema last time, and all we're going to talk about now is Birds of Prey and Parasite. Well, I wouldn't say I'd talk about Birds of Prey. I might rant about Birds okay. of Prey. You pull the face then, which means you want to rant about Birds I, of Prey. I, I, no, I don't want to slag the movie off. I just want to be upset. I feel like that they, people get too angry on the internet. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one minute. Alright. To rant about Birds of Prey. Starting from now. I don't think I need a minute, to be honest. I'm not going to rant about Birds of Prey. I'm just very upset that my favourite DC character, Cassandra Kane, was in this movie and she was so unrecognisable from the marketing that I hadn't realised it was her. And then I saw a poster that said, like, Cass Kane on it and I was like, where the fuck? That's supposed to be Cass. 
awesome. Cassie's in this movie. Favourite DC character. Can't fucking wait. Most badass martial artist or one of, because that fucking list changes the time of comics, but she's legitimately a badass. And I was really excited to see this movie. Not because of any of the characters, even though I'm a big Huntress and Black Canary fan and I can stand Harley Quinn, I suppose. But I was really excited. And you get to the movie and Cassie's a MacGuffin. She's just kind of there and needs to be saved and protected. And I'm like, ooh, there'll be an interesting subplot. I'm sure there'll be a subplot about Cass not wanting to show off her fighting skills because that will attract Shiva and Kane. That'll make lots of sense. And then there's a scene where Black Canary's challenge she's like, oh, I've got foster parents. I'm like, bam, that's why Cass isn't fighting because there's a subplot. And then two hours later, I'm still looking for that subplot and the credits are rolling and I'm still waiting for that subplot and there's the weird trolley why are you guys still here post credit scene that's not... Oh, that's such a cliche fucking thing to put in Which is well. like... It's like when Deadpool did it and he Hang was on, like... yeah, someone yeah, else like, did it. Yeah, he was like, okay, fine. But I would spend the whole movie and credits thinking... Where's this subplot about Cassandra Kane? And I don't know why Cass is in the movie if you're just going to waste on that way. The only way it's going to work is if they do a sequel, which, let's face it, from its box office take, it's probably not going to do. No. Where that is the story where it turns out Cass is a badass and the reason why she never actually fought anyone... Well, they're not the going to use the niche characters because they've proven but to then, be a failure. But then, like, why put her in there? And, and I hate to say this, but was it just because they like the director is of Asian descent and the writer is of Asian descent and did they just think we want to put a female Asian character in this movie that's somehow related to Harley Quinn oh well, you had there's Cassandra Cain stick in I, I hate I hate that kind of assumption because I'm not normal person that sees that kind of shit in movies mm. but to take Cassandra Cain and completely not have her be recognisable as Cassandra Cain I'm like why is she in it then okay people are used to watch it but I was going to watch it anyway. Because you got the nerd cred. Because you go Harley Quinn and you go, oh, fucking Harley Quinn. Everyone likes it. All teenage girls like Harley Quinn now. They dress up at Halloween. And then they go, it's Harley Quinn. And... Well, you had that with Huntress and Black Canary and Renee Montoya. Yeah, so it's... Renee Montoya? I never imagined we'd get Renee Montoya yeah, exactly, in Yeah, exactly. So every single one, you're like, oh, and, 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 and. But at least, at least Renee, while not particularly great in this movie, was still a cop. And was still, you know, hard as nails. And she was still Renee Montoya to some degree. Harley Quinn was Harley Quinn. Black Canary was as Black Canary as you were going to get. And I'm glad they didn't overplay the screen. Because let's face it, movie's pretty short if Canary can scream every 10 seconds. Mm. Um, Huntress was weirdly, weirdly done. But again, she had a crossbow and shot mafia people. So that her origin was at least for oh, the most the part. And arrow jokes. Um, there was a weird, there was a really weird acted pitch. It was like, oh, I don't have ranger shoes. And it was a really all like, okay, what's up? She went from like? avenging, avenging child obsessive killer to, whoa, let's make fun of her bows and arrows. There was a really weird bit where they undermined her whole vengeance quest as well. I know they're pretty cliche as far as, you know, narratives or like motives go. But there's a part where like, it's like, no one knows who she is. And then they had her in front of a mirror going, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And different inflections. And I was like, why are you undermining one of your characters? You, you've built her up to be this badass, and now you're actively undermining her. Yeah, she's spending her whole life just wanting to kill these people. Shouldn't she just kill them? Yeah. If you're training someone as an assassin, surely you don't go, right, today's lesson is quippy one-liners to make them know they're dead. There was no conflict between the two. And what's even worse is there's a part in... Oh, God, was it... Under, how far after War Games was it? There's a part where Huntress and Cassandra are basically fighting crime in Gotham. And Huntress tries to kill someone, at which point Cass has to beat her up to stop her killing a criminal because, you know, you don't kill anymore in Gotham. And it was, But there was no conflict between the characters in this movie. And the worst part, Neil, the worst part, I've definitely gone over a minute, the worst part was that the person who wrote this, <laughs> I think that was Christine Hodgson, 
also wrote Bumblebee, and I'm like, how can how can like in two movies I have gone from like singing this woman's praises? Not that I'm particularly insulting her now. You know they're two very different movies, don't you? They are, but like if you t- if you look at like my nerd brain for a second, you've gone here's a movie, Ryan, about one of the fandoms you were a big fan of as a kid and that you loved growing up and still like. You've had several shit movies, you know, like the big Transformers movies. Like, let's face it, there were two good Transformers movies. The one from 1986 and Bumblebee. And then the thing in between is wank. And then I'm like, so you've done it. And I went to Bumblebee almost not watching it. I mean, you remember my rant when Travis Knight was like, that's not Starscream. And the internet was like, it fucking is Starscream. Oh, you did, yeah. And then yeah, it's yeah. blitzing. I'm like, wrong colour, wrong size, wrong shape, shut up. But anyway, we went to watch it. I don't know why we ended up going, but we did go see it. And I fucking loved it. I bought limited, it on 4K. You had a limited pass, so why not? Yeah, true. I had it. I've got it on 4K Blu-ray. I love it. I booked tickets every single fucking showing for like four weeks straight just so it would get a sequel. I'm not saying I'm solely responsible, but a thank you would be nice. And it was fantastic. And then Birds of Prey has... Now, as a movie overall, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was quippy. I liked the soundtrack, even though you hated all the songs in it. But it's just... There's, there's one thing of Cass... Cass being wasted... Almost, it's almost too egregious to put up with because I'm like, oh my god, you've taken. But then, am I being a fanboy? Probably. Yes. <laughs> but it's like the Spawn movie when that ever comes out, if Todd McFarlane ever fucking finishes it, I'm going to go into that movie just as invested, if not more so, in that film because of Al Simmons and Spawn, even my favorite comic of all time, than this. But I don't think Todd's going to waste his own character, whereas it feels like Cass was wasted in this, and it needs to not happen anymore now. So we still give it a six out of ten. I thought I gave it a seven. Really? After that. Because it's only, it's only one small section. It's like going to a restaurant and being like, I didn't like the parsnips, but the rest of your meal was good. Like, I can't, I can't slag off the old restaurant because, you know, the roast potatoes were good and the mash was good and the meat was good, but I didn't like my roasted parsnips. Like, I'm not going to slag off the whole plate just because I didn't like the parsnips. It's such a weird metaphor for a movie, but, you know, the rest of it was intense. All of Harley's fight choreography was fantastic. Yeah, some of it was a bit alright eye-rolling, but that's probably things like John Wick that was for me. When she kicks the phone into the detective's head and knocks her out. It was like, oh. But then all the sort of, the, the scene where she has a grenade launcher with the, uh, no, the was fantastic. Annoying the fact that American, American, police officers, none of them had guns on them. No. That was the thing. What I'd really like is, though, no, I don't know if they'll ever do it because it's a bit weird. Uh, maybe I should keep this strumming because I have a right DC movie. But I'd love to see a character who's mentally imbalanced do that kind of stuff and watch the movie from their perspective and then see it back in reality. Mm. So at no point did anyone pull a gun on Harley in that scene, which you said is pretty unrealistic seeing as the American cops in guns. Yes. But I would love to have watched that scene. In Gotham of all places. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to have watched that scene and no one pulled a gun and Harley kicking everyone's ass. And then it cut to like someone who's in a cell or chained to a, a wall or whatever, just, you know, chained to a wooden police station? A weird police station. It is Gotham. Like, it someone, is Gotham my, my point being, someone else's perspective where there's actually cops with guns trying to shoot her and she's like fortunately getting out of the way or done like... So she's got this kind of view of like, la 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 la, I'm Harley Quinn shooting beanbags <clears> at people <throat> with sparkly glitter. Whereas in reality, she's firing real grenades that are blowing people to smoke. Yeah, it would be. There's like everywhere. blood and death yeah. everywhere. And she, would, she would have that because the, the, as psychotic and delusional and quirk as they are, brought all these all these bad guys in Batman have all got their own worlds. Like, they even dress up their goons. Yeah. Yeah, like, so it'd be, to me... They name them in her outfits. Like. I'd just like to see how disconnected she is. Rather than it being like her having a quirky one line or a pet hyena, which they called the wrong name and where was the second one. Um, I'd just like to see that would be cool. But yeah, so that that was the cinema really. We we didn't we watched Parasite. We also saw ago. Parasite. That was that was. Doesn't feel like it was recent though. It was on a limited screening because uh, it was about a week and a half. Living ago. in England, we get all the Oscar movies once they've won or not won Oscars. Yes, which is good because then we get to um, know what they are. <laughs> yeah, they yes, come out. Yeah. Um, 
Like, Judy came out for like a fortnight over here and then vanished. My girlfriend's still very upset she didn't get to see it. And Reese Witherspoon wouldn't ask her for it. I would have surprised. Like, no, no, it was... wasn't Reese Witherspoon. It was the other one. I get them both confused. Renny Selwiger. That's the one. Yeah. They may as well be the same person. Even though they're both... How? They, I what, don't know. Because their names. In, so you my, get confused their in names. my head, they're basically interchangeable. Right. But like, you could probably put the other one in Legally Blonde and I'd still like the movie. <laughs> just, they're just the same movie to me. Um... I saw most of the Oscar films. Uh, I saw Marriage Story, which is not a film I'd recommend to anyone who wants to sit in and watch a film because it's about two people going through divorce. Not entertaining, but they're good. Uh, brilliant acting. Um, and it is believable that Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are a married, loving, physical, sexual couple, Ryan, even if you don't believe it. Don't not believe it. I mean, people would say I'm punching above my weight, so fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but... No, I mean, you said Scarlett Johansson, and I'm like, yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Like, Parasite was Parasite was brilliant. Parasite was phenomenal. Yep. Like, but is it destroying America, Ryan? There's a tweet I saw this week. It's destro- is it destroying America? Because uh, is that it's fact? destroying America because the director in his Oscar speech um, spoke in Korean. He's fucking Korean. And the best part is, other people were saying it shouldn't have been. Uh, it shouldn't have been up for nomination for best film because it won. One, because it, they didn't argue it was, should have just been in foreign film. They said it won foreign film, therefore it shouldn't be in best film. But, see, that's but they thing. also then mentioned that 1917 was there too, which is not an American film. It's not. But what I find interesting about that is like, so it won best picture and it won best international film. Now, logically, if it wins best picture, it, it has, has to, to win, win best international film. Because yeah. if it doesn't, you're saying that this other foreign film is better than it. So why didn't that movie but Surely if it picture? wins best international film, it should then automatically be put into the best film category. Yeah, but on the night, it should say this one, and now it's been moved yeah, up to best. To be honest, it's kind of weird that the Oscars has a separate category for international films. Because you're basically saying, these are all the films that people who don't mind reading subtitles enjoyed. Yeah. And these are the films that the idiots watched. And it, it just is like, well, we've seen, what, 1917, fantastic film. Like, and Paris. We're talking about the films nominated. Yeah. Like, like we saw Joker. Oh, yeah, hi. Uh, Joker, which I enjoy, but it, I think a little bit overrated. It was up for 11 I, Oscars, I said and this, it won the only one it should have. I said this to Daniel, that the reason why Joker was successful was because it was a FOMO water cooler film. AKA, it came out, reviews were fantastic, people saw it, and then people who probably go to the cinema to watch garbage, if I'm honest, or just random films they want to see. Oh, let's go see that comedy film, that action film. They saw The Joker, which is kind of like a real film, and they went, oh, that was really good. Everyone at work has to go and see it. And they told their friends, they told their friends, and then the internet said how brilliant it was, and you have to see The Joker. So people had to go and see The Joker, because they didn't want to not see The Joker. Joker being a real film really pisses me off. Because it's insulting to this medium that I've been loving since I was a child of comic books. It basically goes, ah, oh, well, we're going to take the character, supposedly, of the Joker, and we're going to take him out of the weird, weird world, and we're going to make it real, and we're going to do this, even though he's a whiny, selfish, twat, hat, You can blame Christopher Nolan for that. But... Because they tried to Nolan, I super. But see, look, character. this is one thing I'll give Birds of Prey credit for. <laughs> it did a fantastic job of making Gotham City feel like a real living place. Just when Holly walks out of the prison and recognises... Um, Captain Boomerang from the poster yeah. or just them discussing like wait you're not with Joker anymore spoilers um, we can kill you like it made Gotham feel like a living place whereas Joker that could be that might as well be New York it doesn't feel like Gotham oh it wasn't um, it wasn't wrote as a superhero Joker film it doesn't Come on, it was wrote as a homage to two films 
Taxi Driver and the film I can't remember the name of. The one that De Niro's in where he's a struggling comedian. Yes. Yeah, that um, one. That one. Um, and they just went, oh, we can, we can make a Jesse Joker film. Because he's a stand-up comedian and a clown and that was that story in um, the one Batman comic and no, I don't believe that was a There was nothing jokery about him. No. The only jokery part of the movie is at the end it says you wouldn't get it and then it's like, okay, so I know the movie's about the descent into him being the Joker, but... Yeah, I said this. I said to people, I said, he's, it's not a Joker film. It's a film about someone right. who then eventually becomes a Joker. I saw it twice and the first time I hated it and the second time because I went in not expecting to see a Joker movie and saw a man become the Joker, I enjoyed it more the second time. But it's still, to me, won the only award he deserved to win. As much as I can love or hate or not like the character, Phoenix's performance was fantastic. Mm. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, his performance was great. Shouldn't have won any of Oscars. No. Um, a lot of people are pissy that he didn't win. Parasite again, deserved it. Again, it's because... It's probably because it's the Joker or a superhero film. Or I do think it was a FOMO film. I think pe- people were scared of not seeing it because they heard how amazing it was. And therefore, I'm going to go see this film. Because there are lots of brilliant films that have come out. And I guarantee you this, if you look at the, the tickets for Parasite, if you look at the week sales, of it, the week after the Oscars, it'll fly up. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's probably finished its run in the States. It's out over here now, so I imagine it'll do quite well in Europe. Because, you know, it's out. <laughs> We're higherbrow cinema. It's not. Lower cinema. And we do. I, I was saying this the other day, that I don't understand why the Oscars gets all the hoo-ha and the BAFTAs don't. Because, I mean... It's basically just a giant circle jerk in Hollywood, to be mm. fair. But at the same time, you always hear actors say that in America, acting's a job. And in England or Britain, acting's a craft. Mm. I was hoping you said craft. Craft, yes. Because, you know, I mean, the majority of our, look at our famous actors like Maggie Smith and Ian, McS- Ian McKellen, all the kind of like the, the top tier English performers. Brian Blessed. Yeah, Brian Blessed. But no, that's not a joke. He does Shakespeare. He does. And He's a loud, shouty man. Patrick Stewart. But he does Shakespeare. Yeah, he does. Um, Derek all Jacobin, of, Derek yeah, Jacobin, all of our, Kenneth Branagh, yeah, okay, yeah, Emma Thompson, yeah, all of our, for the most part, all of our like kind of, I top, keep going, you can't, all of our, top, that's my point, all of our top brand actors that you're just really names off are all classically trained Shakespearean actors, yes. and then stage they've, actors. they've taken Theater. that craft and applied it to cinema and been fantastic. Whether it's Ian McKellen in that Stephen King movie about the Nazi that I can't remember the name of, or when he's being Gandalf, I'm not really good at remembering names of titles this week, are we? I'm not really good at remembering anything. You look at remember podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but the Oscars was what it was. But to me, it was like, surely the BAFTA should carry more weight. If that's how a lot of American actors see British actors and acting in England and you know, the way we see it as a craft, surely the BAFTA should carry more weight than the well, Oscars. They turn up for the BAFTAs. They turn up for the BAFTAs. I suppose. I don't know. I mean, the Oscars is, is what it is. I mean, I think the most surprising thing about the Oscars for me this year was the bit of the Sky coverage I watched that... Well, Jessica Chobot was on, and that's a name I've not heard in ages. Mm-hmm. That was interesting, but they didn't have the usual annoying bellends on the Oscar show. The sort of Alex Zane, who's the most... Me and my girlfriend got into debate about who's more annoying, uh, Alex Zane or Stacey Dooley. Oh, Alex Zane. Because both are nice. No, hang on, hang on. Stacey Dooley does some good documentaries. Well, my point is, like, they're, both, they're both people who got their jobs through... Nepotism, basically, mm-hmm. like through family connections, and I'm like chatting to this and I'm like, which one's more annoying? Alex saying, "Oh, if he said um one more time, I was going to climb through the screen and hit him." But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Who's more annoying out, out of these two? Because they both got their jobs because of who they know, not what they're good at. And who's annoying? And I don't know why I asked the question because immediately after it left my lips, we both said at the same time, Stacey Dooley is less annoying because mm. she can be infuriating 
But at least she's taken her nepotism and gone, let's make some decent documentaries about real world issues. Whereas Alex Zane hosts the YouTube compilation show, or RuTube as he calls it, and I'm like, I don't need this. I've got YouTube or anyone with a voiceover. Anyone with a voiceover could do his job. Yeah. Brian Blessed, stick Brian Blessed on YouTube. I'll turn in every week. I've got my turn. I'll quit and follow him Yeah, pretty much. Get those shoes. That would be great. But yeah, and then he, what, he hosts the Oscars and just, he, he literally was like, um, um, and then, um, um, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. You either get a teleprompter or just talk. But I, was he hosting the coverage show? He was hosting the... For bull- the Sky. Yeah, he was Sky. hosting the bullshit thing because no one ever has the rights to show the Oscars over here apart from... Sky. Yeah. You basically watch E's coverage of the Oscars and then it will cut well they'll go to commercial or a part they've not got the rights to show. It'll cut back to a studio and you have Alex Zane and some people. Well you can't be seen as a he must be seen as a nobody if you're just the same fucking crap over him again. Well like he hosts it and I don't know if it's because I don't know do people like him? Maybe I'm in the minority people don't find him annoying but you have these people and this year it was different it was three different people some of them are on tomatoes. An actress from Paul Dark, who's name off again. Again. And Jessica Chobot. And I was like, oh, it's not the same three twats it normally is. And mm. that makes it a lot more appealing. But being sleepy, I was like, I'll turn this off and watch it on demand in the morning. Only to wake up and discover that Sky didn't have the rights to show it on demand. So I had to watch it live. And I was like, well, what's the point in covering it all then, Sky? I may as well just watch a stream and watch ABC's coverage. In fact, next year, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a dodgy stream on the internet and watch... America's actual coverage of the Oscars because I might get to see our good old Geico lizard again and learn that 15 yes. minutes could save you 15% or more that's not a plug you owe me $10 Geico no no English NHL fan hasn't seen that advert no it was like the man oh what's what people are seeing you know the one where it was like an insurance advert and it was that man who was catastrophe basically and he'd be talking about insurance and like a one he's lying do you know, on, where, we, do you know where he's from what's he from he's um, the protect the annoying Dickhead boyfriend from 30 Rock. Is he? Yeah. I might have to go, yes, he is. No, he is. I recognise him that. He's in lots of stuff. He's Tina Fey's, like, douchebag boyfriend in 30 Rock. No, okay, well, him. He yeah. was, like, I don't know, on a roof in the snow and eventually it would collapse and crush the car and yeah. he'd be lying in the rubble going, should have got insurance or whatever he said. Yeah. That advert and the Geico advert are fantastic. We're going to New York in a few weeks. Yeah. And one, one I'm not morning, watching telly just to no, try and see that. One, not that advert, but you'll have to watch a bit of telly just to see American adverts because they're fan-fucking-tastic. There was one for diabetes medication or something. And the, if the advert is 45 seconds long, 37 seconds of the advert was the man speed-reading the possible oh, side effects. And effects. one of them was like, death. And the in New York going... What the fuck? It turns out it's legally they have to put that in there because, uh, you know, the litigation central that is America. Yeah. What's my point? Well, we went from this to Oscars to enjoying... No, that was it. Watching shitty Oscar coverage and then, yeah, okay. Um, What else have we done this week? Um, We played played Trial by Trolley, which is a kickstarted card game by the YouTube and, I suppose, comic group Cyanide and Happiness. Yes. Uh, I really like Trial by Trolley. But admittedly, there were sort of, how did we do this and this? Because he wasn't in the role. Teething problems, yeah. Yeah, but, but then every time I've watched it, maybe I should watch their video on how to play it. But True. every time I watch other people play it, they just kind of, 
If no one's played Trial by Trolley, it's a bit like Cards Against Humanity with sort of dark humour and cards, and things wrote on cards. But Trial by Trolley, you have a single player as the trolley master, this wonderful, sweet old man who's like, oh, goodness me, I'm going to drive my trolley day. And it's like an old tram. So that's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> You're an old West prospector. I'll find you the YouTube video. You'll be you'll, exactly how he sounds. And then Ryan's team would have a track and my team would have a track. And then on the track would be lots of cards of nice things like young boy in the sunshine or a grandmother who's recently beaten cancer or a box of kittens and the next card would be Hitler and then each team would have to argue why their track should survive so you're having to argue why a small sweet boy or an old lady or your first kiss the memory of your first kiss or a Ferrari should live while then having to argue why Hitler should live at the same time so this is wonderful mix of arguing at the side of good but also arguing on the side of bad but the problem is is that he didn't say all he said was you argue your track you don't argue against the other track um, but I can see him pulling faces but well, we, 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 I... then we were like do we argue at the same time and I was like no because we'll just shout over each other and that's not fun well I was thinking I'd probably rather have Hitler live if it meant I got to forgot oh, is, that what, is that what I you forgot were my first oh, case, okay. yeah. I was like oh that wasn't fun um, but no, that was the problem with it. like I'm Anyone who knows me personally and knows my family it knows that I'm the quiet one in my family. So the fact that I always sound like I'm in the microphone on these things and you two sound like you're next door attests to that. Uh, but I found the idea of having like an allotted amount of time to argue my side and then the opponent has their side and the person makes a decision. Um, kind of troublesome in the fact that A, it's much easier to argue what you should kill the opponent's track, but that's not the game. So that was a bit confusing. No. Um, I'm supposed to justify why mine shouldn't. But then it... To me, it was really stilted. It was like a presentation, like, I present why we should live, and then they should, should, you, have a, should you said, should we have a rebuttal round? But I thought, instead of just having a rebuttal of their points, because then it turned... Because if I start rebutting your points, or say you rebutted Daniel's points, there's no way on earth the other person is going to go, oh, blah, 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 and start arguing. But see, I want uh, you to argue all at once. No, no, but that's not fun, because you're just arguing at that point. But, that, but that's why it's fun. Okay, okay, here's what I should suggest, and we're arguing now. Here's my rebuttal about rebuttals. You argue your track, argue my track you then argue my track and then I argue your track so you still get to go on for the other track but you because in, interrupting each other yeah, but you Josh having a shout but he basically it's like who's got the talking stick it's just like you're taking, yeah that's the yeah, game you're taking a fun game about argument even making points and basically going no no Ryan yeah, but when shush you, but when shush you, when Ryan. you end well, because no, it's a set a timer yeah, we, can, we, problem... can, we can freeform debate around the tracks alright so let's say we pick you, me, Daniel, Lee, James and Mark, or some of my friends. Who do you think's going to have the biggest gob and not get to say anything? But I've got the biggest gob and Lee's the quietest. So logically, Lee was at the... But it doesn't matter because I'm loud, but if I'm making shit points and Lee says one comment and goes, bam, and it's a headshot, and that's a great point. But that's not going to happen because most of the time he'll say something and you'll think of a rebuttal and want to say it straight away. And then it just but it's then six yeah. people but arguing. Then you're basically saying, Ryan, you shouldn't win the game if you're better at arguing, and that's the point of the game. But that's you're not. It's not an arguing game, is it? It's not an. That's yeah, I'm it's supposed to a, argue for what you should. No, you're not, not, you're not arguing with the other team. You're justifying the lives of what's on your track. You're meant to be the devil and the angel on the shoulder of the trolley master. And then he's... And also we had... Well, look. no, by that logic, I'm not the devil. I'm just the angel. Well, then, not, why? Because you, you want Hitler to live? No, no, because I can't be the devil, I'm Because the devil and the angel would be 
my truck should live for reason. Their truck should die for reason. But you're angel, doing, but you're doing so all I'm doing, all, all I'm doing is angel. I'm going, don't kill these people. The the basic like the crooks of the yeah, human the dead. The devil side doesn't come down the card. Well, no, it doesn't because I'm still at the end of the, no matter who it is, I'm still arguing a good cause to not kill that person. So the human in the game, the first two cards may as well be null and void because you basically the, the crooks of the game and the human of the game is Ryan. Here's a paedophile pope. Why shouldn't he die? And then I've got the, the humour comes from, well, those kids get to be on telly and they get compensation and it's always good making Catholics look stupid. Like, that's the fun of the so game. Do you, so, think, do you think by that logic it's better if you argue, if you had one turn, it would be arguing why the other track should die? Because then you have to come up with horrible reasons why nine-year-old Billy the cancer survivor should die. Yeah, because I'm okay. all right. We'll try that next time. Yeah, because then I'm arguing for the justification of yeah, murder hit. Or, 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 or right, next time, kill the cats. Or next time we'll do a minute, but you can argue. You can trust by both tracks. If it comes, but it's still no hypothesis. I think the arguing side of it is terrible because I've seen you and Daniel argue, and it goes from counterpoints to shouting over each other and noise. And this is why it would be rubbish because you just have people shouting at each other. I think taking in turns is. Perfect. It's because you have to sit there and like listen to that point. It's but that only again works if people are good at making points. If they're shit at making points, the game's look. The, the game hinges. Well, then on, that's not the game's fault. The game it? no, it's not. But the game hinges on is your friendship circle as funny as each other? And then you got like, well, they've made shit points. So well, they're 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 like, I, I think it's. Re- if I'm not played, I think it's really good. It's good. It's I better than cards getting out of it. It's better than cards. It's not better than Star Unicorns. Which, as a group uh, playing experience, is entirely different, but much more fun. Unstable Unicorns is a card game where it's a card game based on it as a it's such a cut a game where games like Cards Against Humanity or Trial by Trolley, you're very dependent on people's humour and laughing at people's humour. Like if you're coming up with if you're coming up with a logical reason why Hitler should die, and he also saves a bunch of children in the school, we're probably going to laugh at your logic. Which is where it comes... It's funny. I suppose it's, it's more funny, dependent on your players funny, than the game. It's funny laughing, questioning, go, sorry? And that's funny. But we had a bit of floor action. We thought about this afterwards. So, so Ryan has his argument, I have his argument, and then the trolley master has to decide which track he runs over. And that's how you get points. The problem is, we were playing it, you'd say an argument, and the argument was almost void because I personally would be like, oh, well, I want this to survive. Yeah, but that's As Neil would want this to survive. Which was like, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. We should base it completely on... Which argument has convinced... That's the whole point. It's the argument that convinces you. Yeah, because otherwise... otherwise you're the trolley master. You're not Ryan yeah. running it over. Otherwise, I may as well not be there. For trolley, or you guys may not be there. If it's going to come down to reveal three cards and then go, oh, that one can die. Yeah. The players may not be there. It's yeah. just be you going, oh, kill these cats and hit them. Yeah, I'd have to go by what's the most convincing argument that's been given to me. Unstable Unicorns is also a good card game. It is, and it's got a not safe for work expansion. So if you want the adult humour, you've got Horse with a Dildo. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you've got games like Cards Against Humanity, which it warns immediately is going to upset and piss people off. It doesn't, though. But Trial by Trolley has got... Again, it's not safe for work nature. It's probably in the mind of you and I and the way we verbalise our little thoughts on the game. And, you know, this is why this person should yeah. run over. Can you abstain? Is the rule just going, no, the McCann's are on my track, fucking kill him. No, the trolley's... It's like um, it's like an old, it's like an old tram but, trolley. So he's got brakes. Can we have a house rule where I could just refuse to argue to save their life? No, like no. if the McCanns appear, I'm like, I don't fucking argue. No, there's no. But that's there you go. That's your point. You put I'll a, put them on the other track. Whichever track you're going down, I'll push them in front of. 
get him on, he'll reverse <laughs> and come back. Just get a loop, I'll get a U-bend. No, he's and we got, can just, we he's can got just left and right and break, yeah, and that's we'll it. Just, we'll just circle the track around to if he eagerly goes. <laughs> Don't know why I just had to pick up the McCann's for that, but fair enough. Fucking McCann's. <laughs> it's a name to Ooh, ooh, a joke I heard today. Um, it was fantastic. You know, you telling me those shit jokes online the other day, and I was just refusing to laugh. Oh, they, they were funny. funny. They weren't funny. Yeah. Um, what did the squid say to the bagpipes? I'd oh. fuck you if I get you out of their pyjamas. Oh. It's fantastic. It was oh, on... it took me ages to get that. It, it was on Glow, and I was like, I've got to steal this joke and tell it to you later. Glow's really good. It is, and, and to come full circle, Neil. Which is another thing on Netflix, the, the McCann's and Glow. The girl who plays Jay something, the young girl who's the director's daughter. Mm-hmm. She... Is that the girl from Bumblebee? Because he looks just like him. It's not, it looks nothing like him. He looks just like him. It does. Oh, my God. Yes, he does. No, it does oh, mopey, fringy, big, big-eyed, gawpy teenager. It doesn't look like anything I like. Good Whatever. Lord. The, the, the fandoms in my brain are exploding. Seeing spots. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. She... I can't remember the character's name. Jay something. Yeah. Is Britt Barton. She's the voice of Tifa in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yep. Well, they got someone bigger, but fair enough. His uh, voice actor, well, voice actor. I, guess. I mean, I don't know. It's, like, it's the usual thing of people give me big in America and unknown anywhere else, but no one cares because she's no. Big but I, well, I actually assumed it would have been a, bo- a big voice actor, or maybe she's done more voice work than TV work. That doesn't mean success. I mean, eight people hate thirteen, and Troy Baker is not. Yeah, but he's in everything. Bonds are tough. <sighs> But yeah, no, I just thought it's like it's nice when worlds combine like that, and yeah, I've been yeah. watching Brianna White, who's the voice of Arif in the remake, and I forgot the bloke's name is doing Barrett. I've been watching those two play Final Fantasy VII together. Um, she has never played it before. He played it as a kid because he's an avid gamer, and it's hilarious watching them get to segments of the game where he has like a kind of nostalgic flashback to being however like eleven or whatever he was. Uh, apart and it's like oh look at this look look how the camera's like above you and yeah. it's like he's all excited for what the time was amazing but she's grown up playing you know modern games third person action games mm-hmm. uh, so she's not really blown away by dynamic camera angles or cutscenes or the graphics because obviously well, she's used to uh, this actually brings up an interesting point because Final Fantasy 7 is known in like gaming folklore and it's going to come out now to a lot of hype is it going to be played by any younger generations? Or is it going to play it and go, I don't get the fucking... Um, nope. They will watch it on Twitch and Mixer and have a great time. The fact that people, people actually experience games solely through watching someone play it is mind-boggling to me. Right, Do these I... kids watch porn and think it's like having sex? Like, I don't understand. You can't watch some person. I was going to say dickhead then, but they're not really a dickhead. Someone on Twitch or Mi- no one watches Mixer. You can't watch someone on Twitch play a game from start to finish and be like, I have experienced this game. Because it's not the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched Rooster play a lot of Let's Plays. Or Gavin and Michael play games together, but they're not games I've always wanted to. But you, yeah, but you. I don't watch the game being played by them. You watch, you're watching that for them. You're, yeah. like, what, you're not going, ooh, I want to experience insert game title. Oh, watch Gavin play it. You're watching that video because Gavin and Michael are fucking hilarious. So you were playing Outlast. No, you were watching someone on yes Twitch play Outlast. My first person I followed on Twitch, and you were told to turn the game the stream yeah. off. I asked. I said, like, is this game worth the twenty dollars or whatever it's gonna, whatever it cost me? Um, it looks quite cool. And the guy who was running the stream went, yeah, but turn it off now, right at the end. 
and I immediately clicked follow and turned the game off. Do you know what's weird, actually? I, I've streamed some of my games on Twitch ages ago, and I got 12 followers just from streaming these games. Now, I didn't appear once. I didn't have any audio or video at all. All the games I streamed from start to finish were the Telltale games. So that shows that in the time 12 people followed me, purely because I was playing Telltale games, ignoring the maybe 50 or 60 or 70, however many people watched in the duration for all those times, but 12 people followed me because they wanted, they were fine with me, could have been anyone, playing through an entirety of a Telltale game. I think the difference being is that you're streaming the game, but you're not on stream. So they're getting a true representation, I guess, of the game. Well, I still wouldn't say it's the same as playing the game yourself, but they're at least getting... You don't get demos anymore. Don't well, they're doing it because it's a movie. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's easier to experience a Telltale game because there's so little gameplay in a traditional sense. But at the same time, I like streams where I can basically use it like a mini preview. I, I want to turn the streaming service on, find the game I'm interested in buying, watch it for about 20 minutes and go, oh, it looks janky, I don't want to buy it. Like, for instance, would we have... If we'd have researched PUBG, would we have bought it? Now, I know we didn't buy it. Then I'm going to say yes, because I, I knew about PUBG because of Rooster Teeth. Okay, well, I wouldn't have bought it if I'd seen it in action, to be fair. Um, but if you're just streaming the game as the pure experience of just the game and there's no talking or voiceover or chats and your face isn't taking up two quarters of the screen, mm-hmm. um, why not say half? Um, but still... That's more interesting. It's like I'm just getting my one. I'm getting that sneak peek of a game where I'm like, okay, this does look worth playing. Whereas you don't get reviews tend to come out either on the day of release or after release nowadays. All the reviews I do come out post release because that's when we get sent them. Um, but I don't want to watch a bit of a game and have Barry going, forty-two subs. The only Twitch streamer. I know the, the only... shit that appears on stream and then the sound effects yeah. when they have their displays up. No, you know who the best Twitch streamer is that I follow, Dave. Dave Nasser, I think it's Dave Nasser 85. He is fantastic, mostly because he has a great catchphrase when he plays marbles of Zoom of Shame. And that fucking puts me in hysterics every time. And all we're doing is watching marbles roll down around a course. And he's great, it's entertaining. But I watched that for Dave again, which is the thing with Twitch. People and those kind of platforms, you start watching the streamer, not the content. You're, you're there for them, you're not there for the game. So... That's why I find weird about it is don't watch someone play a game. But imagine, imagine if you'd watch someone play Final Fantasy VII when you were 14. Would you have the same love for it? Would you be like, oh my God, it's amazing? Or do you think there's I a... I don't think you can say... To I me, that's... I suppose, you, I suppose you're... Well, you're experiencing it through someone. Yeah, it's like they're, channeling, the they're channeling it through you. Like, I'd be, if I watched... Apart from when I'm watching the Halo World Championships, if I'm watching someone play Halo, I'm normally criticising them. Mm. But I'm watching the World Championships, I'm like, I didn't know you could climb up there, that's fantastic. But I don't feel like I'm mean, playing Halo. Like, esports to me isn't, is really that exciting because gaming's exciting to me, doing it's exciting, not watching it. So I don't understand if people can enjoy watching wow. PewDiePie play his way through something so much where I'm like, this isn't the same, it's not the same experience you're getting. Well, esports is a whole subject we could talk about. I mean... Which I think we should leave. No, I think we should do it now. Well, it's been quite an effective ramble, really. Yes, it, it is. Uh, we've talked for an hour and 25 minutes. I'll tell you this, the edit won't be 125... Uh, an hour and 25 <laughs> minutes. It won't be like that. No. I mean, um, you're going to cut out all the bits where we went on about Hitler and Goebbels and the SS. I might keep this in, just so it's even more weird. Than when yeah, you can do it. like a too hot for SoundCloud or whatever Jeez, it's called. Jerry Springer. Yeah, the too hot for SoundCloud, where we're leaving all the bits you cut out because... I've asked weird questions of the universe but it'll be five minutes long it'll be a vine 
Well, I'm sure I'm assuming as we do more of these, more of it will come out, and I'm sure it will be just me saying these things. It'll be you or Daniel? Sure. Hey, hang on. If he's possibly going to listen to this, maybe you could. I mean, do you know what? I'm going to give you another minute. I can implore Daniel. Yes. What you do? We want two a minute. Daniel, when we give you very short notice about one of these is happening, and you don't turn up for admittedly reasonable reasons, just turn up anyway because. I feel like I'm talking to myself here because I keep saying things and Neil pulls this oh my god I'm going to cut this out face and it's frustrating so turn up so you can say stupid things like I do and he can pull the same face at you right okay we went on a bit of a tangent after talking about unstable unicorns all of these games are brilliant you can kickstart them or pick them up on Amazon you can't kickstart them now kickstart's finished or whatever there might be kickstarting other things but if you can kickstart games like this absolutely do it but you want to go on a rant about something not a rant it's just, there's been a couple of times, I don't believe in time travel, and Daniel and Lee will have you believe that time doesn't exist. Well, they would. Okay, where's this come from? Well, because I remembered about future me at the cinema. Remember oh, yes, sorry. Yes. Remember when we went to St Andrews, and sat like right. two we, rows in front of us? Yes, we went to a football game, and I was looking ahead of us, um, and in front of us was a fat man with a pony, large, long hair, and a fat man who was quite bald. With brown hair. The ponytail man was balding as well. It was like, the hair was receding and it was yeah. going into the back of his head. Yeah, and I sent you a message saying, look, there's future you and me. Yeah. And it was basically like... I mean, I, I've got short brown hair, so I'm every male gaming character ever. Not very distinct. No. So it could have been anyone, but we found this hilarious, and so did everyone else who yeah. put it on the internet. You go to the cinema often. I do. And there's a gentleman in the cinema... Who's a lovely chap. Uh, yes, we're not saying number one. We're not going to say which cinema. We're just saying it's a guy that you know from other places. and But he resembles me in the future. <laughs> sort of. So, sort of, in the sense that he's a b- white bloke with longish hair and he's at the cinema a lot. Mm. He's basically me, but a bit older. Now, we no, have... Hang on, hang on, no. He's not. He doesn't look like you. It's just that we're joking that that... Yeah, we have decided... Kind of you. We have concocted a narrative between us that... Because Neil and I go to cinema a lot, to the point where my girlfriend has actually said, for fuck's sake, can I see a movie with you without you ever seen it with Neil already at some point? No, she can't. She needs to be free more. There we go. Um, so we've decided that he's actually me from the future and that he's coming back in time to save Neil from something. But he can't quite remember what it is in the timeline that caused the chain of events that led to Neil's untimely demise. So he keeps returning to the cinema uh-huh. to save Neil. But all we know is that something happens to Neil in the cinema. Maybe it was when that movie was out and all those kids were running around with knives. But not, yeah, possibly. But you survived that one. Yeah. But we're trying to work out why, what happened to you. And I'm convinced that it's true. I'm going to look like that in the future. And he's coming back in time to save you, Neil. Which is How tragic. do we know? It's tragic that future me has got nothing better to do than save past well, you. Where's, where's your lady friend? Probably left me, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, how do we not know that my death was caused by something at the cinema and your future self is guilty for it happening? Maybe it was a rubbish film that you made me go and see because of the cinema card. See, I can see your eyes and brain going now. It's a rubbish film, probably in 4DX, that you made me see. And because I'm like... Demo, I went and saw it with the cinema card because it was cheaper. My head then got trapped in one of the chairs and was probably flinging me around the room while air spray and fucking water was splashing up with Resident Evil 27. It was probably a zombie movie. I was then murdered like that. Like someone, it, something happened. And my god, that bit. It happened <laughs> like who? No, someone actually really you died. Same. No, someone actually really died because their head got trapped in a chair. Don't make jokes about that. I'm not you're... going to. I'm, I'm not. I'm not making jokes. I just said it was similar to that. Anyway, so. 
maybe something happens to me in 40X, similar to that, and then you're like, oh my god, I got him killed because of his rubbish love for films that I unfairly bullied him into. No, I'm not going to willingly come back in time to watch 40X movies. I don't care. I dead you no, you're not going back in time. You're just... it's So, like an episode of Star Trek, two timelines are overlapped, and you're simply existing in the same timeline as us. You're going to the cinema often as a... What, like a memorial for me? And you're making sure you're seeing films that I'd want to see. That's why you're talking to staff all the time. You're going, oh, do you remember? Do you remember Neil? And they're like, so no, that, we don't remember Neil. Is that why I'm always in films that you're watching too? Because I remember us seeing it together. Yes. But what about when he was at Resorts World and it was me and the missus? You weren't at that movie. And you, were just and you wouldn't have watched it. You were just going to the cinema. So I'm just killing time while I'm waiting. Well, you don't do anything else. So, well, yeah, you just go no. to the cinema. No, obviously, no. You do a tragic death. No, you were, it's the NEC. So you probably went to some shitty gaming convention. And then went to see a film afterwards. There wasn't a gaming convention on that day. I'd have been there. No, it's, yeah, but not, maybe the timeline's slightly different because time's always different when there's like timelines and loops on there. Like one might be five You're ruining this one story. Might be an hour. I don't have your own theories and it didn't include your me. That's my theory. I'm Bumblebee and you're Birds of Prey. I got the Steaming Hawkins here. I'm thinking of returning you. You're holding me back. You're fucking Patrick Moore. You're holding me back. You're Patrick Moore. Fantastic. I didn't say he wasn't, but the comparison between him and Hawkins. You ain't getting no golden joystick. Fuck you, Golden Joystick. <laughs> Remember that? It was a great show. Yeah, GameStop was brilliant. We were old. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, why is that not bad? Because it's gaming and gaming's popular now. Because we'd watch it on TV when they can watch it in a million other places. Well, then put it on YouTube. But Net- or Netflix. You say that like it's not something that would... Why does it have to be on TV? Well, we'd watch it, but... It should be a YouTube show. And, have, wait, do and then you could do like Gladiators where you'd have um, Ninja or one of those cunts turn up from Twitter or Twitch or Mixer or whatever they're called it'd be nice to Ninja he was Halo good he was good at Halo I don't give a fuck so one of those Twitter arseholes would turn up and they have to challenge him to a game but then they put old shit games on because kids will find that funny like at Mark's house when we went to Mark's house and played Choo Choo Rocket which was fantastic but then we played Bishy Bashy Bollocks or whatever it was called <laughs> and that was shit Yes. I don't know. I don't have to play by myself. Every fucking round. It was like, oh, okay. You're saying you're having a bishy-bashy special by I'm yourself. I'm Because it was five of us, and then I kept playing it by myself. Yeah, um, old games don't work properly. You hate old games. games. I do like old games. No, we've I don't. Been, we've been discussing, because Neil hates things, all things retro audience. And we've been oh trying Oh, God. That- I feel like I'm in a bloody... What's the name of that comedian who was famous for not letting people out the, out their arena? Ken Dodd. People used to try and leave because they got over by an hour. And he'd be like, scaring them and they have to sit down. I don't think you asked, who was that comedian that was famous? But <laughs> couldn't remember his name. But <laughs> I didn't remember his name. Eventually. <laughs> but, but no, look, because Neil hates retro. So we're trying to work out, when the Xbox Series X comes out, what section of gaming that Neil, or generation of gaming that Neil currently likes, will rotate into retro and you'll therefore hate... 360. You'll start hating 360 games? Yes. Because there are some 360 games I'd still would and would still would want to play again. Dead Space, Half-Life. Half-Life count. And many more. Um, Orange Box? No, I thought that's true. Um, I'm sure there's many more I can't think of. Worms, stuff like that. But no, I'd be, I'd be in the frame of why isn't everything 4K and 60 frames, 100 frames a second? At the same time, not, oh, we get to pick one or two. What a fucking waste of time the X was. 
Hey, seriously, what the fuck? No, fuck off. Don't because it's because you're on a PC now, and I can my PC can't do that anyway. But you can potentially <laughs> you can potentially do with that. Like, why am I choosing between 4K and 60 frames no, a second? No, you're one of them now. You should have your own separate podcast now, Neil. Why? You just no. You it's just, a fair complaint. I want both because you, if you, you can do both because you you've started, do both because you've started to talk about how you're playing games, not the games you're playing, and that's the most fucking annoying thing about PC gamers when they go, "I'm playing." Game from seven years ago. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But I'm not playing stuff from seven years ago or talking about everything should be this because of like, oh, whatever, you can have the standards. When they release the X and it's meant to be a jump, I expect a jump. Well, you not did. a hop. It jumped to 4K. Yeah, it was a triple jump. I had to go through one, two, three to be the whole fucking thing. I want one big jump. You think the PS2 to 360 now? Like, Why it should be? It's the same time frame. Tech doesn't mark. That tech doesn't always work that way, does it? We had 16 bits for a while, then we had 32 bits. Then but by, had that, by that logic, they should be able to hit those higher frame rates and resolutions because they're working with the same well, games, more power. Well, the issue you have, it isn't solely down to the hardware, it's down to the developers and what they can physically do with it. But it is... It is, it is um, so the majority of, you know, like Halo is 4K 60fps. First party game, great, fantastic. Look at all the first party games on PlayStation 4 that look fucking amazing by any, any measurement stick. And then you compare it to other stuff and it looks naff because it's up to the developer, not the hardware. So you can't blame the hardware. You should know this as a PC gamer. You can't blame the hardware one game. for what the developers do. But all you talk about is frame rates and definition, just like a PC gamer. Oh, I'm playing, I'm playing Counter Strike Source in 60 million frames a second at 8K resolution. It's <laughs> a 25 year old game. Alienizing, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Alienizing. Like <laughs> 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 <Well, laughs> And it's, it's just boring. It's just like, I just. Oh, like you playing some old shit. But I expect now with technology and the power these machines have, for that to be a standard. Yeah, but they expected in the seventies we'd have flying cars by now. We fucking don't. No, the tech's where it's at. You can have four K or six. No, but the tech is no. No, but that's like saying, oh, we've got flying cars, but you can't fly them for long. We've got, we can stuff can do both. Yeah, consoles can more than compete with a lot of PCs. A PC can. That box can't. Because the box can't. But in Xbox, never fucking. You bought it. You both. Well, they've and said it more and more than both. They've said it. They've said it. Does, again, it wasn't and was it? It was just like it was like four K, sixty FPS. It wasn't and sixty FPS. Yeah. It was. Oh, I don't give a shit. I tend to not really notice frame rate that much unless we go backwards or it suddenly drops. Mm-hmm. I could like I had to ask you what Halo Four was running in. It felt smoother, and I knew something different was going on, but. If you'd have shown me that footage and asked me what the frame rate was, I wouldn't have known. Actually, I don't know. I think it might be 45 frames. I don't think it felt 60. It looked nice. And then again, we've been playing PUBG for four, four fucking months. Yeah, if it's going higher than 30, I'm enjoying it. All right. <laughs> 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 Benefit that one day. Preferences. It's just it's just an odd one. No? You, it's all you don't want. You don't have a got Switch because it plays everything but uh, shit frame rates. But Switch doesn't really have... Oh, I'm digging a hole here. Uh, Switch doesn't really have real games on it, so like when it plays, the internet exploded. Right, ironically, when it plays quirky, artistically old stuff like, say, Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's fine for what it is. The Switch is fine for what it is. The Switch does what it does very well, and it yeah. does what all Nintendo's console does very well, which is play fantastically fun, great looking. Games. Games. I'd use the word games and underline it. Yeah, there's... Look, I'm not going to choose to play... Oh, I can't think of a foot. Metal Gear 4. Mm. You give me an option to play in that on PS3. It still looks fantastic. 
um, or Switch going to play it on PS3 because the hardware can handle it, yeah. whereas the Switch can't. But Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battles is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. Works really well. Puts the point across. It looks fantastic. Works great in handheld mode. Works great on the telly. Which not all Switch games do. Some Switch games are fucking awful in one or the other. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they at least get praise for building the system for what it is. And you wonder why it's taken so long for someone to do that. Yeah. But the Switch is advantageous in the fact that because I don't expect it to compete hardware-wise, there's lots of games that I'll buy on my Switch that I wouldn't necessarily buy on my Xbox. Like, I bought Mechanica, which is available on every format in the fucking world. iOS, Android, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. It's on all of them. But I would not have bought that game on my Xbox because I'm like, I've got an Xbox One X. I've got the world's most powerful console. Why am I playing a hand-drawn point adventure game? Why? It seems like a waste of the hardware, whereas it doesn't on the Switch, and it was a great game, and weirdly, I've then bought Agatha Knife on Xbox. I can't wait for you to use the word charm when describing Switch games. It's all I say. Charm, charm, charm. Mm-hmm. Every game hype review I've got has the word charm in there. like a Pokemon. Even, even the games I don't like, I say charm. <laughs> it didn't have charm. Charm, charm in there. there, just charm. Because it... It's like a kind of esoteric thing of nothingness you can't really quantify. Just charm. It's just nice. Well, yeah, Nintendo games like Mario, Animal Crossing, and maybe not Zelda as much, but like games like that. They're pretty and they're cartoony and there's this lovely, delightful music where you just feel like, ah. Right, you've set me up again, Neil. I've, I like, you sit down and you go, this is a game and I'm going to have fun playing yeah. this and I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to play it, turn it off again and just... Just lovely and happy time. You're not wanting to slit your own throat. Yeah, I don't make Halo noises when, when I'm playing my Switch. You know, because of games like PUBG or I'm playing Overwatch or you're playing Halo and you're getting annoyed for certain reasons and you just... No, it's just... It's just fun no. gaming. But if you touched on something, Neil, when okay. you mentioned Zelda, yeah. that winds me up and I need to call the collective gaming community on their bullshit. Mm. Is fucking... How would you phrase it? Zelda's Se- Selective memory? No, I'm not oh. going to say Zelda's overrated. Yeah. I don't want to be lynched in the street. But when Wind Waker came out on the GameCube, it was fucking tore apart by fans. Mm-hmm. Fucking tore apart. People didn't like Cutesy Link. I'd never played a Zelda game before, so when I played it, I thought it looked great. I liked the staining. I loved everything about it. And I'm going, oh, I really like Wind Waker. And Zelda fans and Nintendo fans are tearing me apart, calling me a dirty casual. And I don't know what I'm talking about because it's shit. And I'm like, oh, I liked it. Okay, whatever. If you were to dare go onto Twitter right now and put in hashtag Windbreaker was wank, you'd be fucking tore apart. You'd be doxxed in about five minutes. Mm. There'd be cat turds in your fucking house. Like, you'd just be doomed. But everyone hated it. Everyone hated it. And it happens all the fucking time. And comic nerds, we're the fucking worst for it. Because when they do diverse characters, like Spider-Gwen or whatever, and then goes, oh, they're just being diverse for diversity's sake. Not like Riri Williams. Poor Riri Williams got the shit tore out of her by, by comic book fans. Because Iron Man was in a coma, she bit herself some armor and became Ironheart and was basically, for idiots, was like, she's a Lady Iron Man. Well, she's fucking Iron, she's her own character with her own established backstory and mm-hmm. own of armor. So she's not Lady Iron Man, is she? Anyway, they tore her apart and I would constantly hear when I worked in a comic book store and see online people going, not like Miles, if you want diverse characters, do it like Miles. Miles was good because Miles Morales has been accepted by the community. Now he has... Ten years later, if you go back to when Spider-Man was killed and not was Spider-Man, and they replaced him with a half-black, half-planet teenager, they fucking hated him. That's the problem with having characters that have been for so long. When you're like, okay, we're going to make this new thing. Oh, how dare you touch the beloved well, project. It's not that. It's not the outrage that things changing. It's the, the weird collective memory of people just kind of ignore things that are empirically true. What, you mean like, like when 
if you go on Twitter, everyone says that Revenge of the Sith is one of the best Star Wars films. And I'm like... Yeah, people like this... No, one, it isn't. People love this prequels all of a sudden, except everyone of my age range fucking hates them. Maybe it's a demographic, I don't know. But I'm tired of people selectively remembering shit that they hated. Like, I'm honest enough to admit that when Daniel was playing Final Fantasy VII and told me it was the fantastic and best game ever, and I went round to look at it, I went, what a pile of wank. Why do I want to watch this spiky dickhead bounce up and down and then go and hit something? The idea of not directly controlling the action seemed fucking pointless to me. Mm. And Daniel was a moron for playing it. That was my exact attitude at the age of 14. Yeah, I'm late to the party. I admit, I'm wrong. I've changed. I like it. But I'm not selectively going, well, at 14, I love Cloud Strife and Tifa Lockhart. It was fantastic. Uh, no, I didn't like it then. Like, I didn't like fucking spicy food, and now I do. But I don't try and wipe out the fact that I didn't like spicy food for mystery, and I'm tired of fandoms doing it. It's because fans are scared of not being in the fandom. Because now you've got love it, hate it, and both sides are right and wrong. And you don't like... like Actually, no, like Star Wars. That's a perfect example. Oh, you fucking dare like that film. You're a fucking wrong fanboy, casual... Fucking spackers. Piece of idiot who is obvious... Ob- you're obviously trolling as well. You can't be possibly be really enjoyment in that of that film. You can't possibly have any real enjoyment because you're a troll. This is why I get labelled an elitist when it comes to Star Wars. When I specifically prefix conversations with... What level of Star Wars fan are you? And it's not a judgment, and it's not an insult, and I'm not doing it to belittle anyone. It's purely, have you just watched nine films? I guess you could probably say, what, 12 or 11, if you mm-hmm. include Solo and Rogue One. Or, do you watch the movies and the TV series like Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance? Or, do you watch those and read the novels? Or, do you watch those, read the novels, and read the comics? Like, or, do you watch those, read the comics, by Star Wars Insider magazine? Like, what level of Star Wars fandom are you at? Because... I'm not trying to belittle you, but I don't want to assume you've got knowledge that you don't have. And at the same time, there's every possibility in the world that you'll have more knowledge than I do. So when I go, oh, so you've done this, can you explain this to me? And if they can't, well, maybe the information's not there, but maybe they can. Mm. Maybe I go like, wait, so where was Ahsoka when this happened? And I go, oh, if you watch season five, episode four of The Clone Wars, she was there. And I go, oh, I've not got that far in Clone Wars yet. And it, it helps structure the conversations so that everyone kind of knows what they're knowing. But it angers me when I see people whinging and saying, no, shit, Ray is, because she's a Mary Sue. And I'm like, go watch the fucking original trilogy again, you twat. Mm. And see what, like, Luke earns nothing. Like, Ash in Pokemon. I don't know how I've got to these two. But everyone goes, I'm like, great. Ash doesn't catch a single fucking Pokemon. Do you know what I ever ran about Star Wars as well? Um, you know Jedi robes? Yes. Yeah. In the original trilogy... Who said there were Jedi robes? No one. No one. So do you know when they first appear as Jedi robes? When we turn to the Jedi, when he walks in and takes it off his head. And he's on Tatooine again, so it could just be desert clothes. Yeah, so when do you see when do you see um, someone else in a hood? Prequels. No. Obi-Wan. And where's he? Oh, you mean in general, yeah. Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine, yeah. It's just a fucking sandy outfit. Fair point. And they're all Jedi robes, no matter which because in bloody the prequels they're walking through a swamp and the fucking thing's dragging in water and I'm like you should take that off yeah and back to the Mary Sue fucking thing <laughs> if Ray's a Mary Sue Luke's a Mary Sue we go no no Luke's the terrible Obi-Wan he's the biggest he basically called Obi Mary fucking Sue because he's fucking he doesn't ever actually get killed he just lets himself die mm-hmm. and then in Phantom Menace Qui-Gon, you know, the Jedi Master that's training the noob, the noob who's not fully qualified yet, yeah. the guy who's still an apprentice, yeah. he gets his butt whooped by Darth Maul, 
Yeah, Obi Wan managed to turn up. And do you know what I hate about that fight? Sorry, to interrupt. I hate about that fight scene. He beats Obi Wan because he smacks him in the face with the the the, the, the well, I guess not the, the hilt, but the, the lightsaber itself. Yeah. He does that move twice or three times before he succeeds, and this is weird bit where he kind of goes like this, and he goes like this, and he falls for it again. He's like, a giant fucking blade, and he's holding it like this. And the dangerous parts are hit, like to the left and right of him. Slice him in the fucking chest or go up through the goddamn lightsaber, you know, like Obi Wan did. Yeah. Well, it just annoys me because if Qui Gon could have beat him, why could Obi Wan? And then Count Dooku's considered one of the best swordsmen in the fucking galaxy. And Anakin beats the stuff out of him. In fact, the first time they fight, I know it's typical first time they've fought, so, you know, the baddie has to win. But. Dooku dispatches over on Anakin like it's fucking nothing. Like he's just he's like the bit when there's a really dodgy bit of CGI when he pushes a giant boulder against him and they kind of just slide. Yes. And I'm like... Big bit of rubble doing that. Massive bit, bit of rock and he just kind of slides yeah. him to the side. And there's a bit where the, the platform falls on everyone's legs but apparently doesn't cause any kind of crushing Yeah, damage. that's the bit I'm thinking of. Yeah. Like this giant hunk of metal or rock lands on him and just kind of just, just pushes him away. He doesn't, you know... Rip his internal organs out, or crush these bones, or yeah, I guess the force, the, the force will the, the, for, the force, oh, yeah, the force. fucking midichlorians. <laughs> but now back to my original point, though, the internet and fandoms in general need to own up to their past bullshit. Hmm. I'll do it. I already have to. Well, that's what Twitter's for. You wait six years and then find a comment, and you get people fired. <laughs> yeah, like Kevin Hart, poor fucking, and uh, James. James Gunn. James Gunn, who's who was doing Suicide Squad. And then, is he still doing it, or is he not doing it, and now he's back on Guardians of the Galaxy? I think he's doing... He's definitely doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 now. I don't know about Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad 2. Doesn't matter. Don't think I want to watch that. So, I've fixed Suicide Squad already. Yeah. So, despite the fact that Will Smith claims he's Floyd, but he isn't Floyd, mm. in the comics, they do retcons a lot. And you had Floyd, the proper Floyd, my Floyd, who was Floyd for a while. And then mm. DC, excuse me, did their New 52 rebirthy malarkey. And you had another guy pretending to be Deadshot. And they changed his backstory called Evans. And he became Deadshot. And he was in blue and proper Deadshot was in red. And then they changed Floyd's actual backstory to be like, oh, he was, because it was Suicide Squad and let's make the anti-hero a hero, completely missing the point of Suicide Squad. Um, they said that while he was at home, he bullets came through the wall from gangbangers next door and killed all his family. And he swore from that day he'd get revenge and never miss. Blah 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 blah. Really boring bullshit anti-hero story. Mm-hmm. Whereas originally, Floyd's dad was abusive, which is to beat up Floyd's brother, who Floyd idolized to fought the world up. <clears throat> One day, while Floyd's brother was getting beat up by his dad, Floyd climbed the tree with his dad's rifle and tried to fire the rifle for the window to kill his dad. The branch snapped, he missed, and killed his brother. And from that, gave him some psychosis and a death wish. Didn't think he deserved to live, but also swore I will never miss again mm. because the trauma of yeah. killing his own brother. Yeah. Now, you can't have them two exist at the same time, or so I thought. What DC cleverly did was say that while Deadshot was locked up, or Floyd was locked up with Evans, Evans told Floyd the story of all his family being dead. Floyd then left, circulated that story as his own life story, so that it would hide the existence of Floyd's son and daughter from the criminal world, and no one could use his family against him as revenge. So basically, Evans slash Will Smith, or Will Smith is Evans, and has basically done that where he's gone out and then real Floyd's going to turn up and take out Evans and say that he used a story in like a kind of counterpoint of I didn't want people to know of this and then so basically I, get rid of what's Smith I have three, three counters to that and they're going to be very simple because I don't read the comic books so I can't argue the theory of the story number one Will Smith ain't going to be in it so you've immediately got that 
Why isn't Will Smith going to be in it? He's not going to be in that fucking film. But he's Deadshot going to be in it? He's not going to be in that film. You can't get rid of Deadshot? I bet I could Google it right now and I bet Will Smith is not going to be in Suicide Squad 2. With the exception of like the original run of Suicide Squad before mm-hmm. it was really costume. He ain't going to be in it because it flopped. So I bet that's why he went in. Number two, Will Smith can't be a bad guy. And number three, Will Smith can't be a bad guy who then gets killed by someone. Because he's Will Smith. Everyone loves Will Smith. But he's, that's the problem. He's Will Smith again. That's why you should never cast known stars or relatively big stars. Especially stars that are big for their personality. And not are, are any of the Suicide Squad people anti-lovable heroes? Because they're all just nasty, horrible cunts. They, they should all be cunts. Yeah. There's, a, there's a story in Suicide Squad where one of the guys on the team has had enough of being forced to do it and he wants to die. But he, won't, he doesn't want to kill himself. And he says to Floyd, next mission, will you kill me? Just when people aren't looking and they don't want to blame for it, Snidely just put one through me and I'll die and I'll be happy. And Floyd, being Floyd, who doesn't give a shit about anything, was like, okay, but I'll ask you again before the mission, and if you tell me you're sure, I'll do it. And Floyd would have done it without a shadow of a doubt. The guy eventually changed his mind and doesn't want Floyd to shoot him, so Floyd doesn't shoot him. But Floyd would have, which is what I got really mad when we watched Suicide Squad, and when Waller says, shoot Harley and you can see your daughter, Floyd has two concerns. He's kind of rep and his daughter. Mm. he'd have shot Harley not saying they'd have killed Harley they could have got easily got away with it by having him shoot Harley graze her leg and then just being didn't say I wonder kill if her. you watch the scene back does she say kill her I don't know I remember how angry you were and I was like I wonder if you watch it back does he actually, actually say kill Harley Quinn I bet she says the words but she says kill Harley Quinn he still would have dug classic Floyd would have shot her immediately would have shot her because yeah. he doesn't care it's only since like the New 52 era of Suicide Squad really where They've tried to make the squad friends against the oppressive enemy of the government and Amanda Waller, who was the only good part of that film. She was fantastic. Yeah. When she shot the shit out of her own staff, I was clapping in the cinema. Oh, I didn't, was, like, no, I didn't like that. Which is really confusing. I was the only person happy. The rest of the no, was I silence. didn't like that. I was like, what is she that for? Because she's Amanda Waller. She's the wall and she's a bitch. Like, that's who she is. She's she better bad. just, like, giving them office jobs. She's the, she better. There was great. At one point, Amanda Waller in the comics is a quite round, frumpy woman. And when they relaunched it, they made her really sexy and skinny. Almost like the Vixen. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing it and going, who's this? And I remember thinking really it. And then someone called her Warner and I went, has she got a sister? Like, <laughs> yeah, a daughter. I'm like, well, she does have a daughter. But I was like, this isn't Amanda Warner. It makes her laugh. Like, you don't need to make her sexy. No. Go back to the good old days when she was like hopping with checkmate and shit. Kingpin wasn't sexy. He's great in the dead. But he's like, he's, he's a big... Let's be honest, he's a big, large, fat man, but he's meant to be, like, stupidly strong, isn't he? The guy in the guy who played Kingpin... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, Neil. Okay. The guy who played Kingpin in the Netflix Daredevil series is the best cast and best performed person in Marvel history. Mm. He's the guy from Former Jacket, Goma Poils. Is it Vincent D'Onofrio, I think his name is. Oh, is he? Okay. He's... Oh, he does look like Kingpin. Fucking terrifying. He does look like Kingpin, then. He's in... Season one of Daredevil all the way through because he's the man bad guy. And he pops up briefly in season two for like one scene. And in season two, he stole the fucking film. Yeah. Like Matt makes some joke or like some implied threat against Vanessa Kingpin's paramour. And he fucking snaps it at his handcuffs, grabs Matt's head and just starts pounding it off the desk in a rage. It's terrifying. Right. It's legitimately like, holy fuck, this man is capable of such extreme violence with his bare hands. And it just, it, to the next level, next level, there's been no casting in any superhero endeavour ever that was as good as that. I don't think there will be. It's just, that's, a, that's a big brag. And, it's not a character I've ever cared about, but I, I, 
Yeah, I maybe watch some of the scenes if you say that, but I don't think I'd watch the show. There's, there's one where he beheads a guy with a car door. That sounds horribly violent. I, just, I wonder how he, what, just slamming it in the yeah, head? Yeah, he drags it out the car and then, like, he's, the guy's heads at the kind of, you know, the yeah. joining point of the door in the car. He just goes, <laughs> and just keeps slamming it, it until the guy's head comes off. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck me. It's funny because he looks terrifying. He's, but it's because he's, he's so calm a demeanor that when he flips out, it's such a completely, out of control yet deliberate choice he's making mm-hmm. like, it's not like he's when you've got like rage people or psychopaths in like drama and they're violent and angry because that's who they are it's not that scary it's scary in the sense of oh this man's crazy and wants to hurt me so I'll run away but the kingpin he gets angry but he still puts across at least in the, the Netflix series that he's making a deliberate choice to be violent You're talking of superhero series terrifying it, it's not long until we get the Disney channel it's too long. And it should have been the same. We don't the have any reason to watch anything on the Disney Channel now because Disney Plus. Because we've seen the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, we pirated the Mandalorian because fuck you, Disney. Like I love Disney. You mm-hmm. know how much I love Disney. But why in the world they thought the world would wait six months to watch them? The, the biggest was it six reason, months. Well, America's had it for well. Hey, it was around Christmas time. It took it? me and Chris what fourteen weeks to watch eight episodes, mm-hmm. and then we don't get it till the end of March. So it's probably about four or five months. Why they fought? Bear in mind that Mandalorian was the reason to get the series. It was a like, start, it was a, the first ever Star Wars TV series about a Mandalorian bounty hunter when 90% of the internet were like, I bet it's Boba Fett, even though they were told it's not, not Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. There was still Star Wars hype. And, let's ignore this, let's ignore the Star Wars aspect. And Disney would go, oh, he's a loads of, uh, he's our, you know, range of ridiculously good superhero films that were the most successful things ever. And, you know, they've got Studio Ghibli, and they've obviously, of course, got, you Fox know, Disney, Disney and yeah. stuff. Well, I don't understand. It must have been licensing. But then do you have to, can't you just launch the app and not put certain stuff on? Well, you couldn't. I mean, though, I think in Europe... Because it's the same app, but... Or at least in the UK, Sky have the license to show Disney films and that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. it all got took off Netflix, and there's like Sky Disney. So unless they're waiting for that deal to expire or to lapse out so they can launch the content. But then they have suggested that content will be will differ by region. But Disney Plus isn't like Netflix where you can just use a VPN to change your settings and have the American on it. Your content is restricted by your account and where your account was made. So if you make an American account using a VPN, no matter where you log into your account in the world, you'll get American access. Now, traditionally, America being the home market always has the best access. So to me, it's going to be skewed for their launch in the rest of the world because if I've got the option of dodging around with my settings and getting an American account and having 100% of the content or making an English account and having 98% of the content, well, you bet your ass I'm going to want 100%. Something yeah, like I'd, I'd want so, everything. I mean, like, the amount of subscribers I had when The Mandalorian finished plummeted. It just disliked the... Of course it would, of course it would, because that's what... That, but all, all, all um, subscription services, especially Netflix and stream services, expect that. You expect a first few months of... I mean, WWE a perfect example. Their numbers fly up and down at WrestleMania season because people get it for WrestleMania... Have a month, they watch stuff, then they go, oh, I might keep it, but you and I would be just like, mm, I've got what I need now, I've got my fill, it's gone. I've got it at the minute because of a mixture of the rumble and watching Glow. Glow mm. is reminding me how much I like Yes, wrestling. Glow's a really good show. Um, second time I mentioned that's mine, um, but I'm in the middle of it, it's great. But it reminded me how much I like wrestling, so I watched some NXT today. Daniel's always nagging me to watch AEW, um, which I will do. Um, I actually suggested that we just trade login accounts, so when I want to watch AEW, I can use his fight TV and use my network. He won't watch anything on... I don't think he'll watch anything on WWE. 
probably not. He doesn't, I don't think no. he's like you know a fan of the WWE anymore. I mean, he sent me a clip the other day of no, that's not his name. John Moxley's his name in AEW, and he was supposedly stabbing a man in the eyeball with a key, and it was this like big dramatic oh my god moment. Daniel knows I like hardcore wrestling, but that's the point where hardcore gets stupid. Like we know wrestling's choreographed. And there's a point where you suspend your disbelief to a certain degree. So when I watch The Rock rock bottom someone, I'm like, oh my God, it's really exciting. Please hit that rock bottom. But I know that Triple H is going to be fine afterwards. Yes. But I can suspend my disbelief. When Mick Foley takes a chair to the face, there's no disbelief because Mick's just took the fucking chair to mm, the face. You pretty worry about Mick Foley's safety. Man, yeah. rather than the um, wrestler. You know, but, you know, insert anyone else with a Mick Foley, really, or the Funks, and they take a bump, a hardcore bump. And you're when like, you said the Funks, for some reason, I imagine Scott is your hottie and Grandmaster Sexay. But like that's who I immediately thought of. But um, for some reason they'd be in a hard match. Just like, right they'd now. be doing like little jigs, and then McFarlane just smash one in the face <laughs> or a chair. Like that. But yeah, but in the hard wrestling to a degree, you can suspend your disbelief. Um, there was a few moments in wrestling history where you have genuinely been like, "Holy shit, someone's dead!" Like when Rikishi got pushed off the cell. When Mick got pushed off the cell. Maybe so not Rikishi. Rikishi's was a little less dramatic because they L- loads of sawdust and a yeah, yeah, the the yeah. Still, the size of the man and the you know, the fall he had mm. it's impressive. Um, but fine. But then, stabbing a man in the eye of a key, that's a permanent life-changing injury. And the idea that they'd willfully do that for entertainment completely destroyed KFA to shit at me, basically. Like, I was like, no, that's too far. But is he going to have that eye patch on for the rest of his career now? No. It'll be, it'll... Surely you just keep attacking him on the one side. It's like when Kane took his mask off and had some charcoal on his face. Like, there's some things where... Who thought that was a good idea? No, no, they, you push the envelope too far and it falls off the fucking table. Yeah. Because... <laughs> like, I just remember him doing and it. And you know him twisting his head so he's trying to make a face. And yeah. They, the way, they put like a filter on the, the camera on purpose. Was, Kane was, wasn't burnt but was still uglier than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> 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 it was... Oh, I don't know that was so weird but yeah okay that's what that was me it was you know the, oh look I've stabbed him in the, the eyeball with a key and I'm like but you haven't have yeah so in like the announcers are going ballistic it just looks farcical and I think that's what the problem is wrestling has had over the years with trying to kind of break into the mainstream mm. is that things like the gobbledygooker push, push it too far where people go no like my nan used to watch wrestling which is a weird British cliche that nans like wrestling she does like wrestling but it's um, is it because y- Here's how I'd phrase it. You're a wrestling fan. And if you're watching this, you'd be embarrassed to watch it with a non-wrestling fan. But then if you're a wrestling fan and you'd be embarrassed to watch it with a wrestling fan, you know they've gone too far. Yeah, look, I, I like watching wrestling with non-wrestling fans. Um, my stepdad would always slag wrestling off. And me and Dan were watching it at my mum's once. And Lee uh, leapt through the ropes and landed... Basically on her chin. He's having her legs nearly go around. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible bump she took. The landing was just horrible. And Chico had been slagging after wrestling for about 20 minutes. And then that happened. And he went, ooh! And then he went, oh, it's fake though! It's fake though! And then he kind of had to shut up and didn't he? Because the point was that you've reacted physically. Yeah, you got an emotional reaction out of it. So, But while on the subject of wrestling, which we do when we do a podcast of wrestling, when Daniel comes in, we'll have to have a little... Triple threat. As long as it doesn't turn into him telling us how great AW is and how shit WWE is. Uh, I mean, you're going, yes, Raw shit, but SmackDown's fan. That's shit. probably what it's going to be. And NXT's amazing, because let's face it. It is. Anytime mm-hmm. the Velveteen Dream shows up, yeah. NXT's amazing. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably talk about wrestling next time, so I think it's time for us to tap out. 
of this Iron Man match of a podcast that we've had. It has been two hours and nine minutes. It won't be two hours. Which I'm only saying because I want you to all to be really curious about what I've said that Neil doesn't think is fit for audience. Like, bear in mind he's not fit for the internet. Like, rule 34, motherfucker. Like, no, I don't think you said anything particularly bad. I just think it's not appropriate or on topic. I feel like appropriate, not appropriate means it's bad. That's your definition, and I've got my definition. Oh, God, see, that's what I'm about, objective truth disappearing. That's my <laughs> definition. It's in the fucking dictionary. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Why don't you tell me how my comments made you feel, Neil? Don't you psychoanalyze no. me. Well, You're a psychomantist. I'll unplug that controller right now. He used to piss me off when he told me it's I saved stupid. How annoying was that? I mean, what's was ridiculous was back in that era before, you know, the internet. Like, who would figure that out? We talked about this before. What, he told you? He told you? No, no, no. But like, exactly. So they had to pull that in because they were probably like, no one's going to figure this out. No, I remember being 11. I've told this story many times to many people. But my granddad, God rest his soul, or not, as I'm not, I'm an atheist. But my granddad would, like, you know, it was lovely. He would choose And I remember he was like, I was super excited for Metal Gear Solid. Like, my, Metal Gear Solid is my Final Fantasy VII, basically. Mm. Like, I was, of the, I was of the age, it came out, I played it, same kind of time frame of gaming. Blew me away. And I remember saying I wanted it. And I never used to ask my granddad for that much. Um, and he basically went, what do you want? And I was like, well, granddad, if you don't mind, there's this game I really, 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 really want. And this, Neil, was where my weird obsession with collector's editions started. Oh, yes, your collector's edition, and love. My granddad agreed to buy it me. So we went to game and he bought it, or he pre-ordered it. And I think it was like £70, Oof. which back in 1997. poor old man. Yeah. Um, the the song about the glad rags that your poor granddad was to buy you. We used to say that was my sister's song because she'd ask for something every week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she would. And, um, he bought, he, I remember him like, getting tired of how much it cost and his face being like, oh, fuck. But we mean, they look at me like, well, he never asked for anything. So I guess this technically evens mm. it out. Um, and you bought it me and you got the game, the soundtrack, some dog tags, a t-shirt, a ninja on it, I think. Don't know what you got. But anyway, that game had came out. And I remember being in PE the same day before obviously we'd gone through the game. And we were doing the jumpy horse thing, whatever it is. Trampoline, one of those pommel box things and some mats on the other side. Yeah. And Mr. Dwight, I think it was. And basically said, right, run and jump this. Basically, it's raining outside. I don't know what to do with you. So we'll do some bullshit inside while I <laughs> sit in the little cubby hole. And we're doing this. And he said, run on the trampoline, jump on it with both feet, take off and go over the box. So I'm like, I never had to do dangerous shit like this. No. Man. That's cool. So I'm like, all right. So he's off in the little cupboard sort of shout. And then first off, Lee takes a run. Lee jumps. Does some weird look swan time Jeff Hardy bond over this box. We all think he's dead. No one can see where Lee is, but the way he's gone down, he must have killed himself. And we like poke our heads round, and Lee is sort of sat there with his long hair, and he like bright red in the face, and just kind of goes and shakes his head. <laughs> his hair goes everywhere, and he's like, oh, and he gets up. And we're like, you okay, Lee? And it's like, yes. And some more rounds go by, and I'm like, Dan, why have we got to do it with two feet? Is that what you mean? I'm like, Dwight said, do it with both feet. What happens if I do it with one? Dan went, I don't know, try it. So I'm like, all right. I think physics would have taught you that. So I ran at this trampoline, mm. leapt into an air and bounced on this trampoline with one foot, which of course, put all my weight down and towards what, so I got propelled up and to the left. Mm. But because of how I'd done it, I'd like hop forwards, so I'm now completely like horizontal in the air, like, ooh, like skydiving pose. But instead of going over the box and onto this crash mat, I'm drifting diagonally away across the crash <laughs> Like I'm two meters in the plane. I'm, I'm still going to land on the map, but I'm going to land on the variation of the map. But as I'm going sideways, Mr. Dwight walks out of the cubby or where the equipment is, sees my foot basically heading towards his face, and reflectively 
twats my ankle, so my whole body spins in the air, so that my front, my tits and face land on the crash mat, while the rest of my body land on a solid wooden floor, with my arm landing underneath me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I broke my arm, but I hadn't. I just broke my wrist. But I'm like, fuck this, I'm going home, I'm playing Metal Gear early, because I can leave school now, it's like two o'clock. Only an hour early, but, you know. Mm, it's so I remember getting taken, he was like, oh, actually, Mr. Owen, you stupid little boy. And was I, he Captain Marin? He was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, but I remember him basically being annoyed, and then me being a cocky twat at school, basically went, oh, sure my mum said the fact that you spam me in the air. But I went to reception. Unsupervised, leaping over yeah, boxes. Exactly. Nowadays, yeah. I don't feel like that. Yeah. I'll spell it in a second. Yeah. But I remember going to reception then, reception calling my mum. And my mum put me on the phone and she went, is it bad? Do you need to come home? And I went, yes. It's bad. And I legitimately sprained my wrist. I was in a lot of pain. Mm. And my mum went, okay, you can come home early. But if you're too ill or uh, too hurt to stay at school, classic mum line, you can't play the game Grandad's buying yet when you come home. And I immediately went, I'll make it. And put the phone down. Met my after school. He took me to took me to game station. Yeah. Which you, oh, you can't even get there anymore. You know where KFC is in Birmingham City Centre, and that Martin you Place walkthrough bit. Oh, the, the place that's like abandoned. abandoned. Yeah. yeah. You know where that is. There used to be a game station there, and it was all concrete. Really? Yeah. We're going okay. back a while, but there's a game station, and that's where we got it from. And I remember going home. I remember having a sprained wrist, so I had to keep my arm really close to my chest so it didn't hurt. Basically, resting my arm on myself, playing Metal Gear and being blown away. But I remember trying to save Meryl with a sprained wrist and it being the most... How fucking far did you get into it in one day? We didn't recover the same day, did I? Why? Well, just, just, you just said that. You, sorry, there was well, no... no like... Okay, okay. I went home and played Metal Gear and over the course of a few days got to saving Meryl but my wrist was still sprained. Right. I mean, I'm over on the point the story normally ends where I sprained my wrist and didn't leave school mm-hmm. for Metal Gear. But I remember trying to like hammer the button and it being physically excruciating and being like, God, I saved Meryl. And then not, not saving Meryl. So after that, I kind of became my preferred character because I couldn't wow, tell Wow, so your canon was that she died? Yeah. Because of your... Because Ocelot, the deceitful little because shit... Because you thought you were Jeff Hardy on a fucking box? Yes. Ocelot's all like, oh, Nerf using an autofire pad. And it's always weird when Metal Gear breaks the fourth wall. Autofire pads. And he was like, was like oh, okay, do you know what? He didn't know. He had no what idea the lying little shit. Yeah, but he was like, they're all spies. It's espionage. Oh, you got fucking... You got shalashaskered. I did. Oh, so that's great. If I have a cosplay, I'm doing Revolver Ocelot. Oh, you're a perfect Revolver Ocelot. Just. I need, I want, I really want an airsoft peacemaker, but you think you can fucking find them? Like, gold dust? You wouldn't matter anyway, you can't take them. To, oh, an airsoft one, you can't, I was going to say, you can't take them to cosplay now. No, they ain't all pissy, then they like, ooh, that looks real. You'd have to, I don't know, put feathers on but it. Yes, so it's not good. that's it. I'm a middle, actually, I must have a middle-aged man with a gun, what's dangerous about that? <laughs> Hello, America. In England? Yeah, yeah. Nothing. No. But, <laughs> but like, I'm really going to go to EGX dressed as an old man with a coat. Walking around saying Shalashaska and Liquid and Snake and you know six shots more sorry. than enough to connect. Sorry, I started laughing at old man in the coat and <laughs> yeah. with cosplayers. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but it's I mean plus check it when I the fact that I can walk into the woods. Oh yeah, can you fire some bullets in the air like Yosemite Sam for us? But, uh, but <laughs> I can walk into the woods with my mates and we can run around on an organised day and shoot the crap out of each other. But I can't take that same weapon, not primed, not loaded, not gassed, into a room full of nerds. Because there's there's probably twelve people in a wood and what thousand people in convention and it's America it's just a spillover from America I'm not going to shoot any of them it's just a spillover from America Americans aren't allowed to do so it. Is he but they'd be able, but you don't have to in America because they walk around in actual military uniforms and guns in the street that twat about a Barrett fuck's sake yeah that's probably why I never cosplayed to be fair I think we should I've, we've got, we've talked about cosplay before we've talked about wanting to cosplay we should do and it. cosplayers and we should definitely do it but 
Yeah, I think we should, I think you know we should talk about cosplay and wrestling maybe in the next few sub- yeah. t- topics. Tell you what, got off on a few tangents. We have. I've rambled a lot. Yes, we'll pick we'll pick an event and not someone I actually care about like EGX, who I'm going to be like schmoozing as press. Yeah, you want to do stuff at EGX. We'll go to an MCN Comic Con, which will Can, be wank. because yeah, we've said about this before. The, my problem with Comic Cons, I'm not interested in buying anything. And what ninety nine? Actually, do you know what I buy more Comic Cons? Giant fucking overpriced cakes that are ridiculously bad for me. They're well, £2.50 and they're the size of a fist and they're amazing. But I don't, I'm not interested in my comics or some DVDs because I don't get them anywhere. Well, I mean... I, figures. I don't do figures anymore. Again, at the risk of being caught in the least again, MCM's not a comic con. It's a room full of tap where some people dress up. They, it, so, they, I said this. If it, I went to my first one a few years ago and I was like, oh, this is just a sales hall. It's not a boot sale. Ice is a comic con. Fort Bubble is a comic con. They're comic cons where comic creators and fans go and enjoy the medium we all love. Whereas MCM is basically a giant trade hall. It's not saying it's not enjoyable, I'm sure it is, but to me it's not a comic con. It's so if we're gonna dress up, I'd rather do it there because we can have fun with the cosplay element. Or we'll go to CoupoCon and find a fancy the shit out of it. Oh god, that's that's interesting. I don't um, what, Vincent, but you know, old fat Vincent. What he has coats? Well me, me and old man and You coats. can't body shame yourself as a cosplayer. Um who would I be as Sid? No, you don't swear enough to be Sid. Which Sid? I assume it means seven Sid. Yeah. Wait, I'm not going to swear around people. I'm about to go as Kane, but I'm not that pretty. I immediately thought you meant the wrestler then. Um, <laughs> which obviously Daniel can go as. I'll wait for you to see if you can guess one. Rude! Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, bald. But technically, it's the easiest cosplay. Yeah, there was a Wait! Oh, hang on a minute. We've got um, to sing uh, uh, Turk with black long hair. Rude, old man, and um, Reno, and he's just guy with. I'm not Donnie Red, but I'll get a wig or something. Get your wig. Or spray paint stuff. That works. We go to the Turks, and then we just need a, a lady to be um, Eleanor. We don't know any, so. No, a few. I don't know any that look like Eleanor. Um, we can find someone. We'll just find a random person. We'll, we'll just we'll walk in. There'll be an Eleanor walking around looking for some Turks. Yes. And we'll meet her. There you go. That's exactly what will happen. But yeah. But yeah, we do that. But I suppose we should wrap it up. Because again, I'm going to give you a timestamp audience. I've been rambling for two hours and 20 minutes. Like I think you've been the only one rambling. Well, actually, yes, he has been I rambling. rambling. I always rambling. ramble. Yeah. You, you, you make a concise point, a considered point about something relevant to the podcast. And I just talk. But it's like Jay and Silent Bob. I'm not bloody Silent Bob. I mean, you don't want to be Jay. I was insulting myself. Oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, like, of the two, pick Silent Bob. He <laughs> doesn't say much, and when he does, it's eloquent. And whereas... Oh, but he's Kevin Smith. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What's wrong with Kevin Smith? And that's a topic for another day.